Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt Rabbit Hole Recap. Tales from the Crypt Rabbit Hole Recap. Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just ripped it. Great rip. Did not pre-record these ads, so I can confirm that it was a great rip, as was last week's rip, where I pre-recorded the ads. This week's app was brought to you by good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App, something you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. We're saying sats, 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 because sats are the standard. They're the standard. There's 100 million sats in one Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. Cash App makes it very easy. You can DCA in a sats. It's a dollar cost average. You set it and forget it. You can buy uh, as little or as much as you want every day, every week, or every two weeks on the Cash App. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. They're out offering account numbers and routing numbers to you freaks. Uh, you can get cash back or sats back with their Boost app. Uh, where you use your Boost card. It's accepted. Wherever Visa is accepted, you initiate your your uh, Boost. If it sats back, you get Bitcoin back when you shop at partner merchants. Or sometimes they don't even have to be like direct partners. If you haven't downloaded the app, Make sure you do so. Use the code stacking sats. It's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You are going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. They're all doing incredible things at Unchained. I love Unchained. I'm just standing up because I got to stand up for Unchained. And give them, a, give them a clap. You can't see me behind the Mac, but I'm clapping for Unchained. They're doing incredible things from the product side from the content side and just from being all around good Bitcoiners pushing the fight forward. All right. They're building products for Bitcoiners, leveraging Bitcoins and native properties. And this does not manifest itself better than any product than their vault product. And they have a special deal for you freaks. They're going to take you from zero to their multi-sig vault with their white glove concierge service. Again, zero to having a multi-sig vault with their white glove concierge service which uh, takes you from zero to multi-sig. You have a vault set up with Unchained. You hold one, or excuse me, you hold two keys. Unchained holds one key. Uh, and you always have control of your UTXOs. You can move them out of the vault whenever you please. But if you are ever in a pinch, Unchained is there to be that two in the two or three multi-sig vault signature. Again, this white glove concierge service is going to take you from zero to multi-sig. They're going to get you comfortable with the Vault product, get you comfortable with multi-sig. They're going to send you hardware wallets, get you comfortable setting those up, securing the seed phrases, uh, creating the, the Vault, and then dumping $1,000 worth of Bitcoin into it. If you tell them TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off that package. Go check out everything they're doing at www.unchained-capital.com. That's unchained-capital.com. This trip is also brought to you by good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle's doing great things, uh, leveraging Bitcoin's multi SIG properties as well, and they're creating a, a Lend platform. So Lend at HODL HODL is a new non-custodial, again, non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform that allows peer-to-peer -peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. No KYC, no AML, available to U.S. citizens if you guys want to use it. Again, that non-custodial nature makes this possible. Oh, I just thought I was record wasn't recording. I am recording. Thank God, that would have been a lot of a lot of words wasted. Back to HODL HODL. If you're short funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoins, okay? Get some liquidity by borrowing, using your Bitcoin as collateral. And the great thing is you don't need to entrust somebody with your funds. Again, you're, they're leveraging Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties. You hold a key, 
huddle, huddle, escrow holds the key. Your counterparty holds the key. You know where your funds are. You know they're not being rehypothecated. You don't have to entrust them with a third party that's a black box. Your collateral always remains locked in escrow and you control a key to it. On top of that, if you want to get liquidity, or excuse me, if you want to get yield on stable coins you have laying around, you can be on the other side of this book. You can provide liquidity to this lending market. So you put your, your stable coins on the lend platform uh, if you're looking to earn some yield on that. And Lend a Hoddle Hoddle offers uh, a very, very good return on those on those stable coins right now. So create your own offers and set your own terms at lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend.hodlhodl.com. L-E-N-D dot H-O-D-L H-O-D-L dot com. Go check it out. Last but not least, this was brought to you by our good friends at Brains. That's Brains with two Y's. B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. All right, Brains... They're a leader in the mining industry. They've been running Slush Pool since 2013. Back in 2018, they released the first free and open source firmware of AntMiner S9 so that miners could have an alternative to Bitmain's firmware. This was huge at the time uh, for the decentralization of the mining industry because AmpLead, uh, which was something where Bitmain had the ability to shut down miners remotely in 2017, when uh, the Brains team discovered the backdoor uh, they, they created their own firmware uh, to, to make sure that users could download that instead of being beholden to Bitmain's Amplied firmware. And in 2018, uh, Brains verified that S9 could run about 13% more efficiently with overt ASIC boosts, which they gave to their customers with the Brains OS plus firmware. Uh, feature wasn't public at the time via Bitmain's firmware, so Brains included it in the Brains OS. Uh, they developed Brains OS Plus, which is a custom accounting firmware to give miners more control over their ASICs and help them stack more SATs. This is incredible if you're in the mining industry. A very huge service for the industry. Currently supports AntMiner S9s in the S17 and T17 generation. And the dev team is working on supporting What's Miner. I no longer have to ask when What's Miner. This is beautiful. They're working on it. The open source initiative uh, it's still going strong with brands leading Stratum V2, right, to help decentralize the mining pool protocol layer. Uh, they're working with Matt Corallo and Square Crypto. Brains has a working implementation of Stratum V2 on Slush Pool and including in the Brains OS Plus firmware. So go check it out. If you have compatible miners, make sure you're running Brains on it. You're going to stack more sats. And they also help educate Bitcoiners with good content, all right, in the space. So they're they're putting out a lot of content. If you're interested, go to their website, brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Check it out. They have incredible content, incredible products, and they also have incredible tools. If you're a miner and you want to try to calculate your profitability at a certain price, uh, miner model, terahash per second, uh, their calculator is going to help you quantify that. So go check them out again, brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Enjoy this rip, freaks. Thank you for listening. If you guys are liking, please like, subscribe, share, rate, review. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mother about it. Tell your father about it. Tell everybody about it. All right. We're trying to get the word out there. It's more and more people are trying to learn about Bitcoin. We want to make sure they're getting that quality TFTC info. Love all y'all. Enjoy the rip. Tiki! You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts... All, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. 
I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Record. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. Boy, Marty Bent here with our good friend Matt O'Dell. Another week where I'm just a voice and you get to see Matt's beautiful face with with the price ticker but we wanted to do it live and we're here matt how the hell are you howdy freaks uh i hate the internet on april fool's day yeah i thought it was april fool's day yesterday <laughs> no, you fucking idiot. <laughs> i legitimately like i posted the bet at 215 and we all got it we all got it in our emails we all saw the subject line marty <laughs> Legitimately, like until somebody responded, somebody responded to that email. They were like, oh, "I agree with everything you said in this in this piece, except for the date." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I had to go check." And that's when I was like, "Oh shit, it's March thirty first. So you don't even, you just wing it. You don't even like check the date before you mail out a newsletter. Yeah, it's. I mean, if if you freaks couldn't tell, it's really by the seat of my pants. Stream of consciousness, no editing. Grip it and rip it. I, I mean, I, and I guess you're not like a big April Fool's guy either, right? Because you like woke up, you didn't, you thought it was April 1st, but you didn't think it was April Fool's Day. Yeah, I'm not a big April Fool's Day. Uh, I used to be when I was a kid. There was a couple uh, in high school, my brother and I got our parents pretty good on April Fool's Day. It's lost its luster as I've grown older in age. How'd you get them? Did like a specific time or just routinely? There was a specific year where my brother and I really, 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 plan something out like stayed up or like set our alarm for 3 a.m uh we did we did the shaving cream on the toilet seat we did the saran wrap on the toilet seat um we got both my parents it was pretty epic my dad went to the one bathroom he peed on the saran wrap my mom while he was cleaning that up went to the downstairs she sat on the the shaving cream um it was a good one i dig it i dig it yeah i mean in, in the age of social media um, especially in the age of, of, of like Bitcoin hyper-connectedness, it is just the most frustrating, like two days of the year. I mean, like yesterday and, and because we're, it's global, it, it's, it's more than just one day. Right. Um, I mean like the one, like the Amazon of India announced they, they don't even, it's not even a joke. It's not even a prank. It's just, they like send out a tweet. They're like, we've added Bitcoin to our shopping experience. So you can pay with Bitcoin now. It's just a lie. It's not even. <laughs> it's not even a good joke. <laughs> and then like, and then, you know, and then we have people like CD, um, which uh, big shout out to a friend of the pod, Dergigi, uh, for getting hired by them. And they announced it today on, on April 1st. So you don't, you don't, you know, you have real announcements mixed in with just straight up lies. It's extremely frustrating. Yeah. Shout out to Gigi for landing that gig. And CT for landing GG. Yeah, massive for both two, of them. Two great forces joining together. Yeah, but with that being said, like it's a pretty weak April Fool's Day this year. I don't know if everybody's just dejected from the year that's been or what's going on, but is, like you said, very low effort, nothing really good. I think everybody expects it now. Like the, the level of expectation of just getting fucked around with on the internet, particularly Twitter today is is so high that it's like it's not even it's very hard to put out a good april fools prank on the internet and twitter specifically 
Um, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I, I just, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it just feels like uh, a lot of people just phone it in. There's not much, uh, I guess the Teletubbies putting laser eyes on was like decent, but then they decided to go like the shitcoin route. Yeah, what what um, happened there? I didn't follow. Expected. I didn't follow it. They added tell the Teletubbies added laser eyes, which is hilarious because it overshadowed. It got more engagement than than Goldman announcing that they're going to start offering Bitcoin exposure, um, because it's just so ridiculous having the Teletubbies with laser eyes. Um, <laughs> so that was just a good intern somewhere figured that one out. But then today, like they announced, like. I don't, I don't know. It was an April Fool's joke. They announced some kind of Teletubby coin. Um, of course they did. Some NFT. Speaking of Goldman Sachs, I don't know if you have it on the list, um, but our boy Joe Squawk, Joe, Joe Kernan, <laughs> just shitting all over <laughs> Goldman was yesterday. Gonna, it was a beautiful was thing gonna, to see. I was going to use him for the clip for Dispatch next week. Uh, like that was just a fucking most hilarious <laughs> fucking comment ever. I'm telling you, he's my, he's my favorite Bitcoin podcaster. Joe Curtin over at CNBC. Yeah, he's very high quality. I mean, just full on owning Goldman Sachs. Like, did you know the price was $4,000 last year? <laughs> he's like, isn't this supposed to be their job? Or are they aware? Are they aware that the price is now 55000 It was 4700 last year? Did they not understand? Shout out to Joe. I know you listened to this. We'll bring you onto the TFTC network one day. We'll save you from CNBC. Don't worry. We're coming for that ass show. Uh, let's jump into it. We'll start with Clark's dashboard. You guys obviously have the the chart. What is that? Crypto Watch. Yes, this is Crypto Watch. The top the top price is Coinbase Pro, the Evil Empire, and the bottom price is Bisc. Bisc. Free market, no KYC. More than a ten percent premium right now. Eleven. Is that up eleven percent in the day on Bisc, or is that the might, premium? That might be an all time high on Bisc right now. Sixty four thousand. Interesting. Uh, according to Clark's dashboard, it's a little bit off from, from Coinbase's price on, on what you guys are seeing. It's $58,740. One cuck buck is going to get you 1,702 sats. The market is sitting at $1.1 trillion. Thank you for making that easy. So I didn't have to try and do math in my head with fractions. Uh, all time high price is $61,760 according to Clark's dashboard. So we are just under $3,000 or over $3,000 away, $3,010 away from the all-time high or 4.9%. I like this stat. I don't know if he just put this on or I've just been glossing over it. There are 1,373,716 Bitcoins sitting on corporate treasuries. That's 7.36% of the overall supply. Really eating into gold's market cap here. Gold has been dumping. Bitcoin's been holding steady. Uh, and trending upwards this week, uh, one Bitcoin is going to get you 33.9 ounces of gold. Uh, Bitcoin is currently 9.77% of the total gold market cap. We are currently at block 677,344. 88.91% of every Bitcoin that will be mined has been mined. That's 18,670,811.33 BTC. Uh, Let's get to the, the next adjustment, which is in 32 blocks, 32 blocks away. Uh, so what will that be? Um, I don't 300 know, minutes. I'm still six stuck hours. on the fact that $3,000 is 4.9% movement. That's pretty fucking crazy. 
right? I'm sorry. I just brought us all the way back to percent away from all time highs is $3,000, AKA under 5%. A hundred percent of the price, <laughs> like a, a year and two weeks ago. Fucking crazy, man. Right. And it normalizes so quickly. It normal People are complaining about sideways right now. That's fucking crazy to me. Okay, this can, sorry. If, I mean, we don't do too much price talk, particularly like whether <laughs> we think it's going to go up or down or, but the consolidation in this range has been beautiful to see. Would you agree? Like, I, I like this tight range that we've been moving in. It's always, it, when, it, when it gets tight, it's, 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 it's always, uh, it always gets me going because you know it's about to, you know it's about to either coil up or coil down. Um, but either way, it's the stacker's paradise when it's, when it's flat. Yeah. I hope you freaks have been stacking. I hope you miners have been stacking too because in 32 blocks, there's going to be a difficulty adjustment and currently it's estimated to be a 6.3% upwards difficulty adjustment. I believe that should take us to a difficulty all-time high and is going to adjust that much because blocks have been coming in uh, at nine minutes, 24 seconds on average since the last difficulty adjustment. So 36 seconds below faster than the, the 10 minute block target. There are currently 56,988 transactions in Clark's mempool. Fees per block estimated next block are around 13%. Samurai whirlpool still hovering. Uh, in the high 1900s at 1,960.82 BTC or 115.2 million cut bucks worth of liquidity. Big Citadel Dispatch this week. That was a really good one. Everyone uh, should go give it a listen. I have a uh, really great guests uh, lined up for, uh, for this coming Tuesday as well. Can you tease be it? A good one too. What? Are you allowed to tease it? I'm going to have uh, Waxwing and Belcher come on. Oh, the game. Of join market to lead maintainers of join market it'll be a fun one adam gibson and uh chris belcher hell yeah there you go check it out freaks it all dispatch killing it um all right joe kernan we're trying to recruit you if you're listening i don't know how much your salary is but if you're accepting sats let's come haggle come haggle with us haggle with us from cnbc to tftc so the transition you need to make We're just going to go straight into front loading the vulnerabilities. Yeah, that's what we that's what we do best here at, at Tales from the Crypt. All right, let's get into a cold card physical attack. Uh, was uh, this was they discovered this internally, correct? No. Oh, this is a completely different thing. I spent the last half an hour with NVK uh, prepping for this, but if you want to try and explain it first, and then I can uh, come in properly explain it. So pen replacement attack a Twitter user by the name of Freedom Isn't Safe. That's our boy. Freedom Isn't Safe. He's lazy Ninja. Lazy Ninja. He uh, he bypassed the pin on an MK3. So he, you know, he's calling it an MK3 pin replacement attack. And so he bypassed an MK3 security feature, which prevented needing 100% trust in the secure element. Not serious by itself. However, when paired with a second attack on the secure element, it allowed for seed extraction if an attacker steals your wallet. And there's a video um, in this thread. So physical attack, need access to it. Um, and it seems like they're able to extract the seed, which is uh, a first outside of the ledger. Which was, uh, the ledger was on the MK2. This is on the MK3, the most recent cold card. Mm -hmm. um, 
as the freaks know, it's our favorite hardware wallet. Uh, both of us, I think I speak for both of us, it's definitely my favorite hardware wallet. Um, so a couple of things to unpack here. First of all, this is very much feels like it's a, like a lab style attack, uh, similar to uh, the, the attack that you mentioned earlier um, that, that Ledger's Don John uh, did, right? So it's an expensive, intricate attack um, where you're actually physically extracting the secure element, right? And the secure element um, is what protects your secret on a cold card. Uh, it's covered in epoxy, right? It's covered in this like glue-like sub substance to make that extraction more difficult. So there's a chance that you damage the, the chip as you're doing that. Um, on top of that, there's two vulnerabilities that it takes that it requires. One is, is the secure element version and one is the bootloader. Both of those can never be upgraded after they've been shipped, right? They're, they're, the bootloader is hard-coded. The secure element is literally a chip that is designed to do one thing and that's to, to secure your secret. Um, so the, the bootloader has been patched as of June of last year. So if you got a device since June of last year, not vulnerable. Um, the secure element had been upgraded to the newest secure element, the six, 608A to 608B a couple months ago. If you got that, you're also, that the other side of the attack is, is um, uh, prevented, right? So basically you have to have a device before then, the attacker has to be sophisticated. You can't have, you, you, if you have a passphrase, you're protected here because they're pulling the seed off of it they still would need your passphrase, which isn't stored on the device. Um, and if the device is a post-June device with the new version of the bootloader, even if the attacker does all of that correctly, and then the, they'll brick the device if the bootloader is the more recent bootloader. And there's no way for them to tell the bootloader in, until they've already attempted it. So it's a it's the fact that there's the new MK3s that are out, um, get bricked in this type of attack scenario kind of provides some kind of protection to the previous ones. Um, so all of these things combined, and obviously you need physical access to the device. All of these things combined mean that it's, I don't want to minimize the attack, right? But it's, it's a, a, a less likely attack. Even if you look at uh, our boy, uh, Lazy Ninja's thread disclosure. He didn't even, he doesn't even have a blog post. His thread disclosure. The last one is this is, this disclosure is 40% for users and 60% for me to brag. <laughs> um, so I think all of this said, you know, you should still try and protect your devices. You, you don't want people to have physical access to them, regardless of the device. If you have a, you should have a passphrase on your devices, regardless of the device. It helps you with physical access and also helps you with plausible deniability. This is just standard, right? Um, all those things said, still one of the most secure devices on the market, especially if you have, have the one after June. Um, now, speaking to MVK, he, he doesn't want people to be alarmed by it, especially if they're trying to you know, stack as many stats as possible and they have a, a you know, bunch of MK3s they've already purchased. Um, but if, you, if, if it does bother you, he's willing to offer a $25 discount if you you know, replace your existing MK3 with a new one. Uh, but he doesn't want people to feel like he doesn't want to scare them into into throwing more money into his hardware, especially um, when he, I'm sure he has, you know, new awesome 
products on the on the roadmap, right? Um, so so all of that said, I is is was that a are you confused, Marty? Did I do a decent job explaining it? I think you did a, an extreme extremely good job explaining it. Um, yeah, and I I think again to stress what you just said, and this is something we've said many times on this podcast is secure your device physically, like physical security of these devices is paramount. Make sure that you put them in places where other people can't get them. You should be the only one accessing these things. But still, like when you like look at like the like the threat models here, I mean, if, if someone has physical access to you and the device, I mean, a $5 wrench is way more likely. If you're using multi-sig, then you're protected from both $5 wrench and this, you know, it helps mitigate both. Um, you just like work through the threat models. I mean, this is, uh, it's not not a concern, but it should be, uh, first of all, something, another thing is like, you know, these devices, they're in the, they're, what are they, like $120, something like that. Like if you're storing a large amount of money, um, you should be upgrading your hardware frequently. Fortunately, Rodolfo and, and team over there, him and Peter over there are constantly giving us new upgraded hardware, right? They added a new secure element. Uh, this is completely different than some competitors, you know, which are still selling old hardware that isn't, you know, you can just pull seeds off of very easily. Uh, so it, it is very much like a whack-a-mole type of thing, but it's good to see these kinds of um, attacks and disclosures because they make the products more secure. Uh, even he teased to me that they're, they're already working on using an even better epoxy just to add on top of all of this. Um, so all these different little things will improve. Yes, it'll cost us some more money. I mean, I have, I have cold cards of every single generation. So uh, I, I, I assume Rodolfo is getting ready to take more of my sats. <laughs> he can take them. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Again, like you said, Ninja in the last thing of the thread today, I just went to brag. I did something cool. If you watch the video, it's a very involved uh, hack. Secure your devices. That is paramount. Use multi-sig. Geographically disperse your devices. Use a passphrase. Use a passphrase. Uh, Which is the 25th word, freaks. If you don't know what a passphrase is, you have the 24 words. And then you have the 25th set up a dummy. Uh, you can set up dummy wallets within the cold card. Again, this is particularly for if somebody ever physically cost you in real life uh, while you're with your device, the, you, the you can brick thing, it with a pin. The number one thing you can do for physical attack is multi-sig. Number one thing you can do for physical attack is multi-sig in different locations. Consider it. Uh, Craig Raw on Dispatch made a very good point in that he was from he's from South Africa, and for him that is the number one threat model. And there's not a single thing that you can do that's better than that. I mean, I guess there is. That was kind of absolutist, but you sh you should consider multi-sig. Yeah, and it's an interesting conversation. Like, how popular are these five dollar wrench attacks going to be? If Bitcoiners just publicly announce that they're they're gun owners, and how many? attempted five dollar wrench attacks that sorry something going on downstairs something loud um how many five dollar wrench attacks that that end up with the perpetrator getting shot in the leg uh, need to happen before that risk gets mitigated yeah i mean i think i think both gun ownership and multi-sig adoption are 
you know, two sides of the same story, right? Uh, the more Bitcoiners we have practicing both, uh, the more protected we are as a whole, right? Because it won't seem like as opportunistic of an attack, uh, right? If an attacker expects that there's a good chance that the person they're attacking has geographically distributed multi-sig and is armed, um, then they're way, way, way likely to even attempt an attack to begin with. Yeah, fuck around and find out. Speaking of guns and Bitcoin, that conference is what, the 10th and 11th down in Austin? Of this month? Yes. Yes. And tickets are about to go up in price. Let's go so check that out. Buy That's them a, if you're interested. Shooting guns, one. learn how to use Bitcoin privately. Learning about 3D printed guns. Self-sovereignty in a conference. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. But if you're interested, go ch go check it out. Guns and Bitcoin. I don't know the website off the top of my head. But it's happening in Austin, the 10th and the 11th. I got, I'm all over the place right now. I got to find the list. I can't see the list because I'm screen sharing and I have my ride or dive freaks in the live chat over on my, my other screen over here. So, okay. How's the, the live chat doing? Over. How are you guys all doing in the live chat? If you're in the live chat, like retweet, like share, tell us, tell us whether or not you love or hate us. Uh, ben, the Carmen's upset with you that, uh, you don't think his efforts, uh, to, uh, to April fools participate were good enough. He said he tried his best. Very low effort. Very low effort. I can pronounce words good, Ben, you asshole. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, but it's finally officially official, signed into law. Kentucky signed the Bitcoin Mining Incentives Bill that waives the sales tax on energy prices or energy costs for, for miners up to a certain limit within the state. Again, this is a data point in a growing trend that we're following and very excited about here at TFTC states accosting, uh, not accosting, excuse me, trying to incentivize Bitcoiners and Bitcoin businesses to come do business within their borders to produce tax revenue and to incentivize uh, stoke in the local economy. So this is pretty dope. This is Kentucky. We've seen stuff in Wyoming. There's a bill in North Dakota that's going through the legislature right now. We had Francis Suarez, mayor of Miami. He was on the, the Compass Mining podcast. Uh, I believe they launched that yesterday or this morning, uh, talking about putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet and the process that he needs to go through to do that. It's on his mind, he wants to do it. He's got to go through the city council and get them to approve it and all that. But this, we're seeing this jurisdictional arbitrage play out in real life here in the United States. And again, we're very excited about this trend because uh, it is bringing us back to something that this country was founded on, which is strong states' rights and states competing for citizens uh, based off the services they provide the citizens within their borders. So this is a beautiful thing to say. Yeah, I mean, I want more of this. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And then beyond that, like, right? Like, Newsletter yesterday caused a caused quite a stir. I'm happy that you freaks liked it. A lot of people did not like it. Uh, but again, this, this vaccine passport thing, I think this is a line in the stand that we need to draw and, and stand firm against. And you're seeing some states 
particularly Florida, Ron DeSantis down in Florida saying adamantly, we will not allow vaccine passports within our borders. I think it's very important that we see individual states make a stand on this particular topic, because as I said in the newsletter yesterday, it may seem benign at face value to many people, but it is a step down a slippery slope that that could end in some legitimate physical conflict between the state and, and citizens. Right. And it's a step towards like a social credit system and a CBDC wallet and all that shit. I mean, in general, uh, in general, any kind of uh, track and trace program uh, is going to be a horrible privacy nightmare for the average citizen, um, this included. Uh, and, and the strongest part of our country is the fact that we have uh, these competing local governments. Um, so just across the board, it's really good to see uh, that actually being flexed, regardless of, of your view here. Um, I think it's nice, uh, not nice, I think it's imperative that we have, you know, different, differing policies and differing ways of approaching things. Uh, among states and then we have a free and open competition there yeah but that competition heat up new york you're slacking slacking new york pennsylvania slacking new jersey slacking all states that your boys lived in and uncle marty's yeah i'm not so sure how i'm going to stay in the northeast for for too much longer if if we if we get the the tom wolf's the the mayor kenny's the the de blasio's the cuomo's of the world keep their tyrannical idiotic policies up you're going to lose citizens you already have lost citizens keep it up mess around and find out you're going to lose all your best tax revenue this is the first time i mean not the first time but more so than any other time in history that that uh that the citizen base is the tax base is so mobile Right, that they're able to move so easily, um, and for a lot of people, it is. It you know, some people are are unfortunately too poor to to be able to exercise that. But for the overwhelming majority of people, uh, they're they're more mobile than ever. Uh, so hopefully, that will mean more competition. Yes. But uh, what that does mean is these are not you know, it's and it's kind of similar to Bitcoin in that regard. That that. The governance system is not a very clean governance system. Um, it 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 it's it's way worse than Bitcoin's governance system because gov- Bitcoin's governance, at least, is like extremely hard to change. Um, with 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 our local politics in general, what it usually seems to be is we we go horribly in one direction, and then it's going to take years to decades to 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 move back to a reasonable thing, right? It's, it's like it's it's not an instant process, um, unfortunately. Oh. God, I want to stay on this vaccine passport thing real quick. Like the whole the well health safety sticker. Did you have you seen? Have you been watching the tournament? Like a, no, I haven't been watching the tournament, so I've missed all the. Com- I saw like a commercial on uh, <clears throat> that our boy Liberty Blitz posted on Twitter. Um, How crazy is, is, that, is it? Who, is that is that like a that's like a private organization, right? Yeah, but it's it's global. Yeah, it's it says global international well health safety. It seems like something I wouldn't be surprised if like the World Economic Forum 
or like that type of the Davos crew has their hand in it to some degree. It, that the commercial, like my wife and I, I just dropped her name. We're watching it. Uh, we watched the tournament on Sunday, and a commercial came on. We we're both like, "Is this real?" You have like Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga. When Robert they bring the celebrities in, it makes it so much creepier. Like, are they? They're that out of touch, you know? Right. It's like it's like they the, think I, the celebrities will will convince us. Right. It's like, hey, pleb, I'm a celebrity. I'm famous. Look for the seal. But it, the, the crazy thing about it, it, it reminded me of it reminds me of <clears throat> those. Those chop up shots of like the local news station saying, like, this is bad for our democracy. Right. But that's like just one company, right? That owns like all. the. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. The, the way this commercial is set up, you literally had four celebrities in a row say, look for the seal. Look for the right. seal. Look for the seal. Look for the seal. It's like just that repetitive, like MK Ultra repetition to to force actions. It's very creepy. And these select like, what are these J Lo, De Niro, Michael B Jordan, Lady Gaga? You hang out with that that weird Satanist Abramovich, whatever her name is. Like I don't trust these people at all. And you had like chefs in there too. And again, like I said in the newsletter, it starts with that. Like, hey, look for the seal. And then it's like, hey, if you're going to go into a, a restaurant with the seal, make sure you have your vaccine passport and it better be flashing green before you walk in. If it's yellow, get the fuck out of here. And then it's if you're a business without the, the, the seal, you got to shut down until you get your certification or we're going to tax you a bit more. Well, well, to, I mean, the, the businesses that exist in the places that are going to force the seal, they've already gone bankrupt. Uh, unfortunately, uh, but, uh, like if you're, if you're a bartender that was making a lot of money in New York city, like you live in Miami now, um, like you don't live in New York city anymore. You're not making any money. You still haven't made any money, um, for the last fucking year, two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever. Right. Um, I think, you know, the celebrity thing is always a weird, always like a, a really weird kind of influence move. Um, but what's really been interesting to me is the like the peer pressure effect, especially from like family and friends. Uh, oh, it's they, strong. Like, kind of, where they like kind of like insinuate, you know, like, uh, have you gotten it yet? Like, why haven't you gotten it yet? You know, uh, or use this use this website to track where you can get them. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really creepy. It's happening. It's a way yeah. stronger influence than a celebrity, right? Oh, believe me. I know. I mean, my family. Have you gotten it yet? Nope. It's the last thing we'll say. I'm a healthy 29 year old adult. Never gotten the flu shot. Never gotten the flu. I haven't gotten COVID yet, I don't think. I got a cold. Maybe it was COVID. Took me three days to pass. I'm not taking an experimental mRNA vaccine that literally hasn't been tested. Like there hasn't been enough time to test the long-term effects on this. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to take that risk. I will risk getting COVID over taking the vaccine. I'll yeah, say I, it loud and I'll say it proud. I think it's important to realize like this is not like an anti-vaxxer position. Um, vaccines are a very important medical advancement that we have uh, to fight viruses. Um but 
It is yeah. pretty crazy that the same people that first told us that masks don't work and that we should go eat at Chinese restaurants and then said masks do work and that we must wear them uh, are now saying like, take the vaccine and absolutely trust us, you know, when they use like this experimental method, as you said, uh, to do it. Um, so yeah, and especially when we're super healthy, you know, we're healthy individuals. So it's uh, li living in a very unhealthy society. <laughs> So the, right? the double think all the time is like really frustrating. Uh, and I, there was one thing that you really nailed on that, on that bent um, was, was taking a nuanced topic and making it black and white is like a very effective tactic. And uh, Hey, Bitcoiners, we see that a lot in Bitcoin land as well. <laughs> it's true. Right. <sighs> Should we do shout outs? Yeah, let's get into shout outs. Stay strong. It's, it's, I mean, but again, like I'm, uh, I'm like, we're in, we're somewhat pussyfooting around this because it's like, oh, like, because we don't want the backlash. But you know what? We have to talk about this. It's time. Like Michael Krieger said, like I said in the newsletter, strong men and women need to step up and speak sanely about these topics and speak their minds and how they feel. Don't be afraid to, to say what you feel. There are other I people out there like that. De DeSantis made a very clear point that I, I think should be restated. And I definitely do not agree with everything he says, uh, but I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with this. The idea that the goal should be to get access, easy, accessible access to the vaccines, all the brands to as many people who want them. Everyone who wants them should be able to get them for cheap. They should be able to get them Completely ideally agree. for free, um, very easily with, with no friction. Uh, but there should be no mandates, period. Completely agree. Completely okay. agree. If you want it and you're willing to take that risk, again, free market, free society, do what you want. Just don't <laughs> force it on me and force me to flash a passport to yeah, go into business. We're not going to do that. And DeSantis actually mentioned that too. He said, he was like, you're going to trust these corporations with protecting your data. They can't protect our data. And that's always going to, I have a hard line on that as well. So, um, yeah. First shout out. It's supposed to be the the audio from the Houston Bitcoin meetup. Nobody ever sent me the audio. Listen. I have the audio right here. I can play it for the freaks okay. after the shout out. Okay. I mean, that's it's just I think it's just like a placeholder. Okay, should I play it? Yes. Tell me if you can't hear it. What's up, freaks? It's David here at the uh, Houston Bitcoin meetup. Uh, big thanks to Els Lacrosse and Jeff for putting this together. Uh, happy to be the the first audio shout out on TFTC. I'll pass the phone around to a few people and let them say something. What's going on, everybody? This is Scotty. What the hell is next, pub mate? What a freaks. It's Phil Gibson. Have fun seeing poor. And maybe get a sad fundraise so we can send Marty to uh, speech therapy. God damn it, Phil. This is uh, Ben the Carman. I don't know what to say and think about this, but uh, go buy some Bitcoin. What's up, freaks? It's Al's lacrosse. Bent, we expect to see you here soon. You're always a crappy lacrosse player, but we're proud of you for all, all your uh, oil field mining, making sure that the oceans don't boil like that bastard Nick Carter wants to do to everybody. I've been like, listen. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Shout out to our Houston freaks. I love that. I want more of this. And Matt, like if you would have sent that to me, I could have put this on my roadcaster and played it like clearly. <laughs> I completely forgot, but I had it ready. So 
Well, that's the that's the RHR special right there. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is time for me to put my hand up and say maybe I can't pronounce words too good. Maybe my geography is not as good as it should be either. Uh, Slight mix up last week. On the location of Houston in comparison to Austin. I got Houston and, and Dallas mixed up uh, on the fly. That's on me. And actually, one of these shout outs uh, really calls me out on it. You know what? Hand up. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat it. I don't think it's this one. But you'll hear it in one of the shout outs. Next shout out. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity, cupidity, that's a good word, may at some point be satisfied. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. A C.S. Lewis quote, peace and love, once and future, PSTF golf tourney, Sunday after bit block boom, question mark. Maybe is that the date? Is the date of our golf tourney? No, we are not playing golf uh, in <laughs> Dallas in August. That's going to be fucking miserable. Yeah, it's too hot. And we're going to be way hungover that Sunday, I imagine. It's going to be two fucking hot freaks. This is the one thing the Northeast is good for. It's like nice temperate golf. Yeah. David, I'm, so, I'm seeing the, the YouTube comments now. We're not going to golf in Dallas at the end of August. Too hot. We'll be too hungover. It'll be a terrible, terrible time. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. We'll probably do it at the Northeast. David H., I didn't see your tweet asking for an email address. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, but I, I, I made it happen. Thank you. That's why you could... the, freaks have, the freaks have two parents just in case one of them lets them down. <laughs> Hopefully both of us never let you down. <laughs> At the same time. All right, here's the one calling me out. Matt, you get thrown into this too, but I, I sort of gaslit you a little bit last week, so I, I'm going to take the brunt of the responsibility for the geography mix-up. Appreciate you, Marty and Matt. In last week's RHR, it was ironic you guys dunked on blue checks for the ignorance of middle America, yet struggled with middle America's geography and even basic terms for pork production. Be better. And shout out to Susie, who stacks sats working in a shine shop where she shines for sats, she sits, where she sits, she signs for sats. Love at basic huddle. Hand up. All right. You want to call me out? I'll take it. I'll eat it. Fucked up my geography. Maybe it was a bit hypocritical or ironic, as you called it. I don't know if it was eh, ironic or hypocritical or both. What would you say, Matt? It was mostly ironic, especially since you say you're going to move to Austin and you're going to go check out. Uh, you're check. You're about to. You're about to go down there. Um, but uh, I, I guess I have to own the pig raising, right? What I'm pretty sure I said on last RHR that it's called nurturing a pig. Uh, but obviously, that was a joke. <laughs> I don't really know what raising pork is called, uh, the vernacular for raising pork. I guess the freak's not going to tell us either in the shout out. He's just going to talk shit about me never nurturing a pig in real life. I didn't know there was strict vernacular for. Apparently there is. Apparently, according to this freak, 
Um, and you know, he paid the sats, so it's truth as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the pig rearing? No one knows. Freak, if you want to send another shout out next week uh, and let us know how how we should refer to to nurturing uh, pork in the future, let us know. I, I do want to own a farm one day, so I'm very interested to know. There's a farm uh, by us down here, my village by the sea. We raise mainly pigs and chickens. And the pigs are so cute. They're like spotted pigs. And the pork is incredible. I'm, my wife uh, made a ragu with a pork shoulder the other week. It was the best ragu I've ever had, restaurant or homemade. The live chat is telling me that the proper vernacular is raising pigs. And I just cannot accept that. I think there's probably a better like slang that we can learn on the pod. Raising pigs? What do you do with chickens? Tend you to just them? Raise them. You just I guess we're just raising everything. We're raising goats. We're raising chickens. Raising kids. Nurturing children? I don't know. The mother certainly nurtures. All right. This is a two-part shout out. Pretty intense one. Ian Freeman and five others were arrested on March 16th for free speech violations using Bitcoin. Ian and nobody, formerly known as Rich Paul, are still caged being denied bail. Feds are calling them criminals based on the king's disapproval of the way my friends exchange value. I say free speech because they're accused of using Bitcoin. Bitcoin is only words. A thought, an idea, can't touch it, eat it, build a house out of it. It is an intangible thing, only an idea. Outlawing slash criminalizing Bitcoin makes the use of Bitcoin a thought crime. Ian Freeman is directly responsible for thousands, if not tens of thousands of people moving to New Hampshire in search of more liberty and like-minded people. Ian and Nobody both are hosts of the nationally syndicated radio slash internet show Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live has been and still is a beacon for freedom and liberty. My friend Ian Freeman is a hard fucking core nonstop machine of a liberty activist the state is using this bullshit legal land mumbo jumbo to keep him in a cage. Continued. Oh. Oh. I got to find the second part of this. I'm going to the wrong one. I thought you disconnected, but you're just being a boomer. I am being a boomer. <laughs> Wait a second. There was a second part of this. I can't find it now. Being a complete boomer. You know, freaks. When Marty when Marty sends a text message, he only does speak to text. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, uh, whoever sent the shout out, I can't find it right now. It was here this morning when I looked it up. Let me. Um... Marty's such a boomer. He only pays cash at tolls. Oh, that's actually a good move. You should do that. And that was weird. I don't know why I did that. Oh, because he didn't. He just sent a fifty dollar transaction. Not. Oh, it was a shout out item code. DJCs, if you're listening, or got to figure something out. Just as they were with Ross Ulbrich, Ian Freeman is the most peaceful person I know. His home and church were raided violently by the feds. They used a drone, flashbang grenades, and multiple heavily masked armed soldiers to enter his home early a.m. earlier this month. I owe a lot to Ian Freeman for where I am and what I do in Bitcoin today. You guys have a far-reaching audience. Please share the story and what is being referred to as the crypto six stay cool as fuck. And I greatly appreciate your time from GM. He wants us to point freaks at the site freekeen.com. It's F R E E K E E N E.com. I went to it and it's uh, it's got a YouTube video 
of somebody who showed up to Ian's house the morning or yeah, early morning it was, or was being raided and he was being arrested. It was a weird scene. The FBI showed up a lot of heavily armed guards. Uh, I, again, that's as far as I went to doing research into exactly what happened. So I'm just going to take the freak who, who purchased the shout outs word for it and that they're, they're being arrested for something related to a Bitcoin transaction. Uh, um, my do- understanding is uh, they're Bitcoin OGs uh, in New Hampshire and they have a podcast and they, to be absolutely, absolutely clear, they were not on my radar until after the arrest. Um, I see Bitcoin podcasters get arrested and I, you know, perk up and I, I, I read. Um, I didn't look into both sides of the story, but the state's case um, is that they were operating a fiat to Bitcoin uh exchange business under the table and not doing KYC AML checks. Um, but I haven't, I don't know more than that. That is what the state is claiming. That is what the charges are. Yeah. From my understanding. It's pretty fucked that they don't have any bail. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they don't have bail or not, but if, if this freak is saying in that, then yeah, that is, that is pretty fucked. Yeah. Well, but I, for- but I do, I could, you know, they're going to, that's going to be a common theme, I think, with Bitcoiners, right? Because they're going to claim that we're more mobile than uh, non-Bitcoiners. What's the common claim going to be? They did the same thing to the Ethereum guy, but the North Korea thing. Aiding and abetting a foreign entity? Uh, the, the the claim that the that no because because the reason bitcoin is such a better money that it's so super easy to move around the world you know what so, i'm trying to get at is are we in danger do you think are we doing anything no we're not marty are we doing anything illegal no I okay so no we're unless not unless we're spreading wrong thing becomes we're, illegal <laughs> we're, we're not we're not doing anything illegal and i have full faith in our justice system that that'll be the case yeah, I mean, anybody who sent Bitcoin to us can check. We've never moved it, so. Bought merch, bought shoutouts, bought anything. Matt just gave a sick wink to whoever's looking at him in the room. Fuck, I thought you should you. I never know when my <laughs> screen's up or when, when it's... Blank. Well, yours, I can see you the 24-7. Or these oh, so they might not have seen it. Only you saw it. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Uh, Do we have any more shoutouts? That was shoutouts for the week. Thank you, Freaks, for the shoutouts. One of our favorite parts of the show. If you want to purchase a shout out bitcoin only tftc.io slash contribute the site's having a the site has always just been like a not a lot of effort into not i want to say not a lot of effort but it's just a placeholder for content never really tried to drive too many people there uh all-time high uh action in terms of people visiting the site recently freaks it's going up no. Every time before you do your 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 daily internet activities, just do a quick tftc.io enter and just inflate our numbers. Yeah, it's not, but it's not like we do it. We don't sell ads on the site or anything like that. Right. That, that. There's there's literally no benefit. <laughs> I, I, 
bragging bragging rights yeah yeah it, make, it. it makes marty feel and Mar- marty has a has a has a pep to his step if you do it so yeah consider it i get to show my father-in-law hey look people read my stuff your daughter married good don't worry uh back to bitcoin stuff really big news it's been great to see these two gentlemen hanging out uh in el zante el salvador uh jack mares jack mares jack mallers <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> Jack Mallers and uh, our boy Miles Suter have been hanging out down there for Fucking a while. Kings, seen pictures for weeks now. Both looking swole as fuck. Yo, gentlemen, send me your regimes, your regiments, whatever you're doing to get a swole. Uh, and it seems like Jack is putting a crescendo on his trip by announcing that Strike launched uh in el salvador without banking partners so that that is the second country that strike is available uh is el salvador love to see it right this is what i want to see more of you know i want to see more of of these these uh developing countries uh that really need it they really need bitcoin um you know you know fuck the developed world let's let's go where it really matters first i mean Um, i think it's it's really cool aspect to this that the banking partnerships on the U.S. side is what was really important for these users because El Salvador is one of the highest remittance countries in the world. Um, so it's, it's really people with U.S. bank accounts converting, using Strike to send Bitcoin to El Salvador, um, which really showcases the power of Bitcoin. Like he doesn't even need to have banking partners in El Salvador for it to be an extremely useful tool for people. And, 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 I've been very supportive and very grateful for the work at Bitcoin Beach in general. And now you have all of these merchants down in, in Bitcoin Beach that accept Bitcoin for goods and services. So these people don't even have to convert into the local El Salvador money in order to spend that Bitcoin that gets sent down to them. Yeah, it's a pretty beautiful thing to see. Everything is going on with Strike and El Zante. Miles being down there for so long. And, and so that's another thing. Miles has been down there for, for a bit. He's never coming back. I don't think he's ever coming back. Uh, he's ingratiated himself with the community down there, uh, particularly the surfing community. And so actually it's a pretty tragic story. Um, like the, the best women's pro surfer, I think she was on the Olympic team uh, for El Salvador. She was struck by lightning and killed a couple of weeks ago. And they're actually going to be doing, while she was in the water, and they're going to be doing a, a Bitcoin um and fundraiser in honor of her um i've seen a video i don't know if, been, if it's been posted publicly yet but it be on the lookout been. for that um so uh, a bit of a shitty situation that happened down there but the bitcoin community is going to rally around uh, the el salvador el zante community specifically and hopefully provide some good so be on the lookout for that at a, a fundraiser at some point in the future I'm pretty jealous though of, of Miles and Jack just living the swole life, surfing down there. The waves down there look incredible. I need to I need to get down there. I've only been to El Salvador once and it was for a layover. I think Bitcoin Beach might be the first uh the first citadel. Right? Maybe. Like they they're just, you know. They're just trying to encourage all these Bitcoiners to come down there and set up shop. I mean, I, I know they chirped at us at one point that they had a, like a plot of land ready to go. 
Um, I dig it. I fucking love to see it. Right. I would buy Citadel land down there. God. I love everything they're doing. Go follow Bitcoin Beach on Twitter. Retweet all their shit. Yeah. If you guys want to figure out if you're like, what the hell are you two talking about? If you're new to the the, uh, the podcast, actually recorded an episode with the founder of Bitcoin Beach. So go check that out. Um, Azteco, our boy Beauty on, adds lightning. It's been beautiful to see. She's been posting screenshots of people buying $1 worth of Bitcoin uh, and, and, and receiving it via lightning. Add it to the list of why I hate April Fool's. Why? Because I thought it was an April Fool's joke at first. No, he's been posting these for like weeks. Yeah, well. Like a week or two now. There's me. I got tricked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's fucking awesome. I mean, it's a perfect fit. They're using LNURL, which is this standard where you can scan a, a QR code to withdraw. Um, and a bunch of wallets already support it. Breeze already supports it. Phoenix already supports it. Wallet. Um, yeah, Blue Wallet supports it, but Blue Wallet's custodial. So like, it's, it's really fantastic to see in a high fee rate environment. It's perfect for these vouchers, you know? So Azteco, uh, their business is, um, they have supporting merchants around the world. Um, you pay the merchant, the merchant gives you a printout code. That's a voucher to claim Bitcoin. You scan the code and the Bitcoin goes to your wallet. Previously that has been on chain, um, through partnerships and now they're using this LNURL standard. I guess you can do one or the other. You have a choice. And if you do the lightning, you have reduced fees. Makes sense. Makes sense. Another podcast I listened to this week was Ryan Gentry, biz dev lead from Lightning Labs on Preston Pish's podcast. And they, they had a part of the conversation where they talked about onboarding people directly on the lightning. And it really makes a lot of sense for a lot of people, especially buying lower amounts of Bitcoin. Lightning is probably the smartest way to onboard them. Um, and these products, like the one Azteco just launched, make it extremely easy, straightforward. And the beauty of Azteco, too, is it's, it's non-KYC, right? You just show up, you get a voucher, and you're able to send Bitcoin directly to a wallet that you control. So it's pretty beautiful. Uh, Azteco is not inherently non-KYC. They just push the KYC requirements onto their individual resellers. Yeah, exactly. It's like, could, would you say that's like BISC? No, I mean, BISC is a an attempt at a proper distributed protocol. Azteco is a centralized company that appears to mean well. Um, but it has to operate under the regulatory restrictions uh, that other centralized companies are forced to operate under. Otherwise they'll be thrown in jail. Um, and for better or worse, probably for better, as long as the trade-offs are disclosed to their partners properly, um, they push that liability onto their partners rather than them deciding unilaterally. Um, so it's a little bit more distributed in terms of you know, who has to make that final decision. Um, but, but regulators can easily, uh, you know, force KYC in, in, in those not, maybe not easily, but they can, they can, they can force KYC onto those individual merchants that are selling the codes. 
And yeah. me personally, I would never, I would never sell those codes without KYC. Like I, you're just putting a big ass target on your back. Um, but yeah, I'm not trying to uh, flood that, that, that company. I, I appreciate everything they do. I think it's a really cool, I think, I think the voucher idea is perfect for Bitcoin adoption. Um, this idea that you can walk into like any bodega and get $50 worth of Bitcoin, like that's the future I want to live in. I think it's a, it's a perfect fit. I was very proud brother last night. I got a, I got a text from, from my brother. It was just a picture of a Bitcoin ATM. He's like buying Bitcoin the old school way. Brought a smile to my face. Yeah, Bitcoin ATMs are still underrated. On the buy side, a lot of times the KYC isn't that high either for those. And it's the same thing. Like the operators is who's liable for it. Um, but like a lot of times, like on the buy side, it's just a phone number. And if you have a burner, it could be a very, very private way of stacking. Yeah. But you will pay a premium almost always. Beware, freaks. Beware. Next up, we already mentioned it a bit, but Goldman is going to offer Bitcoin exposure to their rich clients. Nothing crazy. Like Joe Curtin said, what the hell's taking them so long? Uh, somebody was was Goldman splaining on behalf of them uh, to Joe Curtin. I forget exactly who it was. But it's like, oh, the regulatory was, scrutiny, all that. It was their shit. journalist. It was their journalist who got the fucking scoop, man. It was an exclusive article. <laughs> and Joe was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a trillion dollars. They're just getting in. Uh, let's. I mean, oh, and we don't have this on the list. Like fucking BlackRock, like just like fucking only. <laughs> they, they like bought like six Bitcoin worth of uh, six point one five. Be specific. No, I mean, look, that that that's a fun number to say because they said three sixty. But if they were fucking around in January, then the price was between twenty to thirty k. So, um, it's actually significantly more than that. Um, but they could have went short as well. They, we just know that they fucked around with CME about $360,000 worth in January. I'm running with it. They bought 6.15. Yeah, particularly. I mean, and they didn't own any Bitcoin anyway because it was fucking CME. It's paper fucking Bitcoin. It's not real. Hey, it's a step in the right direction. Would you say that exposure? I don't know. I mean, but I think it, it was either Ben Kaufman or Ben the Carmen because who even knows? Uh, which one it was at this point uh, that responded to the article and was like, I know many plebs that have more, that have more Bitcoin than uh, BlackRock. And, and, and what he meant by that, if I want to translate is that literally anyone who owns any kind of sats has more than BlackRock because they don't own their own Bitcoin. Like if, if you're in CME, you're already, you already lost the game. They've already lost the game if they're playing with futures, let alone, you know, $300,000 worth of futures when they have trillions of dollars under management or whatever. Yeah, many trillions. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah, pretty weak CME. Very paltry CME futures exposure. No sats on the balance sheet. That's like you, like you had an intern just like fuck around, you know? They like sent a test transaction. Well then, it's I'm not gonna, even it's not even like a real fucking. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Rodolfo some shit that should not be on Bitcoin Treasuries. Yeah, he well, he he. This is why I'm pushing back, right? 
is that he went into the joke, right? He put 6.15 Bitcoin into Bitcoin treasuries. Like remove I just, it, I remove it, Rodolfo. We should fork the project. Let's fork the pro real Bitcoin treasury or Bitcoin treasuries cash.org. <laughs> Carry up. Look for the domain name. <laughs> uh, fork it. Yeah. So well, these guys are getting more in. Goldman is allowing. I mean, and the interest, I guess the interesting thing about Goldman, not to poo poo the whole announcement, was the fact that it seems like their customers were begging for it. Like, yo, what the fuck's going on? Like, it seems like we need exposure to this market. But this is what we theorized, right? Like, not to be like, oh, we were right, but we were right. Like, yeah. like the customers are going to demand it. They're going to have no choice. They have to fucking play the game. Yeah. Right. No matter how hard they want to grandstand, like the Jamie Dimons of the world, want to, want to say it's stupid and all that. Like, you get enough high net worth individuals being like, yo, what the fuck? How come I can't access Bitcoin via, via your bank? They're paying these guys, they're paying these guys big fucking money to be their wealth management professionals. And they're getting on the phone with them and they're asking them what their Bitcoin strategy is and they have nothing to answer. They it's look so like brutal. fucking fools. They look right. like fucking idiots. They got their uh, pants fucking down and they're all going to fucking scramble to try and get Bitcoin exposure. And people act like they're late right now. Like it's fucking insane. Like after, the, after this all plays out, people are going to be like, this was the most obvious thing ever. Right. Then what the fuck is going on, guys? If it's the most obvious thing ever, then why aren't you all going fucking hand over fist trying to fucking get as much Bitcoin as possible? Because they didn't make it. This isn't their baby. This isn't their, it's a monetary innovation. The biggest step function improvement of a monetary good in human history and the banking elite had nothing to do with it. It probably makes them a bit pissed off. But like, Right. It's like, hey, have you been paying attention to that asset that's had 220% annualized returns for like the last 10 years? Can we get exposure to that, please? Like, can we get some of that, some of those returns in our, in our portfolio, wealth manager? Marty, the best framing that I saw recently on fucking Bitcoin Twitter is um, US average person on the street, can you comfortably retire with a million dollars? They will say no, no fucking way. Um, if you ask the average in the know person, if they can retire on 20 Bitcoin, yeah, they'll be very fucking comfortable. Yeah. That's a completely different, that's, that's a framing right there. That is, there's something going on. There's something going on. You should check that out. All right. I, we don't have this on the list either, but, uh, my ex boss, Dave Portnoy, he came out this week and said the Winklevi really really threw them off course with their, their goals are going to rain from the skies explanation. We told them. We warned them. Dave, he was Dave, warned. Dave, if you're listening, you, I know there's, there's some bad beef, not with me personally, but I'm here to help. Find your on, Dave. We'll dunk on Marty together. Yeah. You can bring Matt in. He's already been, you know, he's an HQ too, <laughs> not HQ three, but Find your goddamn treasure too, or the seed freeze, please. That keeps me up at night. As far as I'm concerned, like Dave, you personally can go fuck yourself, but I want to convince you of the path of stacking and being humble and stacking sats because you can convince so many future plebs to do it as well. Like right. with him, with him comes millions, you know. And I, 
I, I, I don't want, I'm watching, I'm watching this opportunity fade away from the average person. And I don't want that to be the case. I want, I want to bring in as many, you know, you know, many, as, as many practical people as possible before this thing fucking blows the fuck past them. And it's just super frustrating. Like even in my friends groups, man, like my, my college friends groups and stuff, my high school friends groups, like I've converted so few of them. They all think they're fucking late. It's right. fucking crazy. Like what? I'm like desperate. I'm desperate and there's no reason for me to be desperate. I got my own, but you know, I don't want them to miss. I don't want them to miss the boat. Neither do I. And I've replicated your group chat tactics and that's actually been pretty fruitful for me. Um, I, I like what you mentioned that like, you know, you've won when you get someone else in the group chat to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and I have that Saturday. too. Like I have multiple group chats where, where someone else is the one who's doing it and I'm just like plus oneing them. <laughs> right. It feels good. It feels good. The best is when you see the screenshots of like your tweets and shit, just like in the group chat. You like you come in, you're like, ah. Oh. They're, they're giving him Caps Odell. They're just like throwing Caps Odell at him. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, in the context of Barcelona, it's like Dave, yeah, you can really help a lot of plebs really materially make their lives better by getting exposure and stacking sats. And I'm not gonna poo-poo their business model, but I think it's wiser than, than gambling, um, personally. Um, well, I mean, he could be on the he could be on the fucking uh, frontier of value for value too. But right? uh, that's a little bit more. I'm not trying to derail his uh, his Ad money machine over there. You can do whatever you want in that regard. I just want you to understand that when you buy Bitcoin, it's 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 not competing with buying stocks. You're not competing with Penn. You're just taking profit. You're just having some savings. You're just going to put some money into your savings account. Um, and it's a saving account that will go up in value, unlike your actual savings account today. Yeah. And, uh, don't worry. I'm actually, I've onboarded one of the uh, Barstool podcast producers on the Sphinx. He's, he's sort of, he's paying attention. So I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of their podcast experiments with it at some point within the next 12 months. It would behoove me to not mention it, but uh, uh, Freak Shores Provost um, has been experimenting with using Breeze uh, to stream uh, sats to us um, while he's listening. And it is definitely still, as much as I love the Breeze team, love the, 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 uh, the vision of podcasting 2.0. And I do think that it could be a, a fucking massive paradigm shift um, in how content is produced, delivered and paid for. Um, like he like destroyed his iPhone. Like it was just like super hot. He tried to listen to an RHR. We like went long, you know, he used like 700 megs of data. Um you know, it's like an always on LN node was going on in his pocket at the same time. He got super fucking hot and the battery died. Um, so trade-offs, you know, they're working on it. Trade-offs, growing pains, pain points to flesh over. With that being said, I don't know if you have this on the list. Uh, do you see Yost uh, Jaegers? Yeah, it's on the list. Oh, yeah. Bottle pay. 
Yeah, it is. Um, all right, we'll get to that. Let's when we talk get about to. it now. Let's spare right. your timing. Yeah. Um, so Yossi Yeager had on the pick podcast. Um, he did a test basically using the particular use case that we're talking about, uh, streaming sats to podcasters via apps like Sphinx and Breeze. And basically just did a performance report on basically how nodes and, and channels perform in this particular use case, trying to surmise whether or not scalable uh, to, to the masses. Because right now, obviously, it's a small niche group of Bitcoiners working uh, and using these apps. And so he, he used LNDB Bolt, LNDB Bolt with key send payments, LND single instance, ETCD, LND ETCD cluster, C Lightning, SQ Light, Signal Channel, Eclair, SQ Light as well. Um, and transactions per second range anywhere from four to 61, C Lightning being the, the most performative in LND bolts, being very good in that 33 to 35 transaction per second range. Um, Marty, what's the takeaway here? Uh, it takes up a lot of disk space, right? And currently right now, it's not that good. There's, right. there's a lot of room for improvement is, yeah. is my takeaway. My takeaway is, is, is that nothing is without trade-offs and it's not like we can just scale lightning forever infinitely and everyone can just like stream payments to you without any kind of development work. Um, we have massive work in front of us here. Yes. Yes. But obviously it scales significantly better uh, than on-chain. I don't yeah. think anyone would ever argue with that. And so this is interesting to to take into consideration too. Roast Beef, who's the uh, is he the CTO at Lightning Labs? Not sure. He's definitely he's definitely speaks the fastest. <laughs> I think I think we can say that very confidently. He ran a similar test, uh, and I I guess what he's trying to highlight is like hardware really dictates performance as well. So he ran it on his M1 laptop and got different results. Uh, he only let it run to 10k, uh, um, 10,000 minutes, 10,000 people, excuse me. Well, I mean, uh, both of these guys are ignoring the real limitation. Well, let me explain this and then you get into the real limitation. Okay, Marty. So in his, on his M1 laptop, he got 170 transactions per second with LNDB bolt and 71. So significantly more on both implementations. He works for LND, he's building LND. Um, he was able to produce 6x the, the amount of transactions per second on his M1. So he says, depending on the hardware it's run on, nevertheless, uh, a nice, basic, easy-to-run benchmarking suite. That's That was his comments on Yosta's. These guys are talking about super well-connected cloud clear net, corporate cloud clear net nodes that are, like, powerful. You know, and, and, and the vision of podcasting 2.0, in my mind, the cool part, right, is the censorship resistance that you can run it from a closet in your home or your office through Tor privately um, on your own hardware, right? And that is the real bottleneck. You know, we got to hit both bottlenecks at the same time. And like, you know, obviously... Um, like we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, we, I, I want to see performance improvements across the board, 
Um, but the real bottleneck right now for the sovereign content producer that's trying to monetize on a value for value model, a la podcasting 2.0 with streaming sats, um, is Tor, is their Raspberry Pi. It isn't any of the stats that these guys calculated. Agreed. With that being said, I mean, shout out to the freaks listening in the Sphinx tribe right now, our TFTC tribe where the freaks dwell. Incredibly encouraging how many of you are spinning up your own nodes, whether it be Umbrel, Raspi Blitz, my node, connecting and getting in. It seems like today specifically, there have been a few freaks who have finally got it working and are saying, ah, it seems like the latest Sphinx update particularly Android users, I think, is, has allowed me to, to actually see all the messages and stuff. So yeah, growing pains. These are early days, extremely early days, extremely early days for Lightning, even more early days for, excuse me, extremely early days for Bitcoin, even earlier days for, for Lightning. So these pain points should be expected. I say it time and time again. You can't expect to have everything out of the box immediately. It's very high time preference thinking. It's going to take work. It's going to take hard work roll up your sleeves, get stuff done. If you're a develop, developer out there listening to this and this stuff interests you and you want to help out, start diving into GitHub, making PRs. A lot of work to be done. A lot of opportunity. You can see it as, oh, it's not as good as I want it to be. Or you could be like, ooh, there's a lot of opportunity for me to contribute here. How are you going to approach this mentally? Are you going to be a poo-pooer? Or are you going to be a get-something-done type person? You gotta ask yourself that question. Which type of person do you want to be? Get shit done, freaks. What's <sighs> next on the list, Marty? You can't see me, so like I was like pretending like I I could see you, and it was, it was like a a stalemate there. Like who's gonna speak first? Yeah, I have no freaks. For the record, especially for the freaks that are coming in through our through our podcast feed. I have no idea what's going on with Marty over there. I just got this this TFTC logo. That that's all I can see. Um, and Marty can see me, and the freaks can see me who are watching it live. So I'm actually naked right now. So He's completely naked, like a proper pooperner. Poopooer. <laughs> Poopooer. Oh, I thought it was like someone who's like is an entrepreneur, but is shit at it. It's a poopooner. Ah. Oh. I did not say that, but I like that. Matt O'Dell, another one. God, fucking A, this dude's a marketing Fuck, genius. we're live. I hope someone doesn't get the domain name. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't do it yourself because you're- No you're one can in. spell Poopreneur anyway. So like, it's a horrible domain name. Uh, Entrepreneur is literally one of the ones where I like spell it out. I'm like, <laughs> oh, the fuck. Right click, look up. Uh, stop, stop in the madness right now. Bisque's price trading at a discount. Just want to make you freaks aware. Morgan Stanley. I think we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, we had the SEC filing. They are officially preparing to add Bitcoin exposure to major funds um, for their clients. Again, another institutional investor finally getting it. Uh, apparently, there's been like a Morgan Stanley rep on Clubhouse who's been extremely bullish over the last week um, and is saying that like Bitcoin is, he got very... Bitcoin Tina vibes from what I hear. Speaking of Bitcoin Tina, banned, banned from Clubhouse. Can't have a name on there. 
the the revelation that Clubhouse like fucking hates your privacy is going to be pretty fucking funny to watch. Right. Uh, I mean, sorry, sorry, freaks. Yeah. I I mean, everybody in the Bitcoin rooms does not go by the real name. So, or not everybody, but most people. Meet us on Sphinx. 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 (laughs) Still can't pronounce it. Next on the list, Marty. Our good friends at Brink. Shout out John Newberry. Mike Schmidt gave out their first round of grants. Uh, Jesse Posner. They're funding him to support his work on adapter signatures and implementation of the Frost Threshold Signature screen, Scheme. Screen, something I haven't heard of. Um, they'll bring additional security, privacy, and functionality to multi-sig and second-layer protocols. Uh, Alexis Fellini. Uh, they're going to fund his work to support his work on the Bitcoin dev kit, which he's been working on with Steve Myers. Uh, it's great to see. I know. I think Alexis was the starter of the dev kit, correct? It's called well, Magic Wallet or something like that. I don't know because I, I thought it was Steve. And then I think they I, merged, right? I just discovered Alexis from this grant before this. I didn't Oh, know. really? Yeah. I've been following him on Twitter for a while. Great, nope. great dev to follow. Failed. I failed in that in that regard. And then uh, Hinati, Hinati, uh, Stepanov, who's been a prolific reviewer and contributor to to code, uh, excuse me, to Bitcoin Core since 2018, uh, has received a grant from Brink as well. Uh, vaunted on the Brink website is one of the most prolific contributors to the project. Uh, will allow him to work full time on Bitcoin Core development and review. Nadi has previously received support from Cardcoins in Pavant. Um, so shout out to the team at Brink again, John Newberry, Mike Schmidt, and Tony Hodge. Uh, we got Carla Kirk Cohen, Dave Harding, Jerry Brito on the board there. Carla's been on the podcast before, incredible lightning developer. Glad to see these guys giving out grants uh, to, to well-deserving developers. We got and... privacy for multi-sig. Bitcoin dev kit for wallet standardization and review and just overall contributions. I think that's a good mix. I fucking love uh, Bitcoin development grants. I love that it's the cool thing to do now. Uh, people do not realize like two years ago, it was very, very rare. And now it is very common to the point where people almost are like, really another grant? You want to talk about another grant? Like that is fucking awesome. Um, fantastic to see. Uh, they they will be hopefully contributing to the open source dome um, at Bitcoin 2021, uh, so which I'm championing. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and we mentioned earlier, guns and Bitcoin prices are rising. So is Bitcoin 2021 tomorrow. Uh, so if you haven't bought your ticket, uh, you can use my referral code Humble, and I make no money off of that, but you get 15% off. So consider yes. it oh all caps otherwise you don't get it i don't know if you have yep oh, yep you do have the grant i look at the list of the grants right there gemini's providing twenty five thousand dollars to mempool.space the funniest part about this one is is marty that is less than 50 million sats hey hey all right so former co-worker <laughs> barstool beardo he, he's now uh he's now uh marshall beard is now at gemini has been there on on their finance team for it's quite some time and I've been 
dev fund pilling him for the last years and he's been pushing hard internally for this and this was his first big breakthrough so i want to give a shout out to beardo to marshall beard we we have some hardcore bitcoiners in there championing this stuff no it seems like gemini wants to make a pivot to bitcoin uh which i love to see so cheers to them for that um you have a lot of ground to make up after you shield link and uh his gold rating down token. on the earth and and they also they also told him they could help him make his own fucking personal token and tell, instead of telling him to just fucking stay humble and stack um to portnoy so well, when you and to one. all his followers more importantly to portnoy's audience like i don't care if you scammed a fucking millionaire uh portnoy can think for himself uh but you scammed his audience too and do better be better how does having like 1% of the overall bitcoin supply like affect your your learning right I, I, I think they should do better and be better if they have 1% of the Bitcoin supply. I have significantly less than that. And I aim <laughs> to do better and be better. So they should do that as well. Like, what the fuck, guys? I agree. I agree. The thing is, they have more than 1% of the Ethereum supply. But that's another that's another discussion. Ooh, are they going to stake that? Probably. If proof of stake ever materializes. And I know that they're technically staking now, but... Are they really? Are they really, Matt? Is it protecting their network? All right. We're at the software updates section of the podcast. We're going to blow through these until Matt tells me to stop to talk about specific ones. Spectre, I know we're going to talk about. (laughs) It's uh, (laughs) a pretty massive uh, release for them. And the the big thing here, trying to remember off the top of my head, is... What? The freaks can't see me. Only you can see. Oh, me. one click core tour. There we go. Remember. One it. click, man. One click. It's fucking built the fuck in. My guide now. My guide now. I was able to cut out like a huge portion of my guide. You literally just you set up your fucking cold card, and then you just install Spectre and you just follow the wizard. You got Bitcoin Core in there. You got Tor all set up, ready to go. Follow the fucking wizard. You get to use your own node. With keys you control, easily upgrade to multi-sig. That's the future. That's fucking massive. That is this is a big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, shout out Lou. Late switch Lou, who is the reason this podcast exists. And he's not like the most technical savvy guy. He sent me the the tweet from Ben Kaufman that announced uh, the one-click core tour. And he was like, one-click core tour? Like, even he was like, wow, this is pretty massive. Um, so people are noticing. People are noticing what you're doing, Spectre team. And it is making it extremely easy for the plebs out there to run full nodes, which is what you want to see. And I believe I saw, was it Stefan uh, Lavera talking about a friend that was able to easily download Spectre and connected with their hardware wallet earlier this week yeah yeah uh stefan was bragging about the fact that he got to do less effort to uh <laughs> to onboard his friend and uh, yeah i mean it's massive this is something that we've been hoping for a while and and low-key a big thing about this is that it then verifies the core install for you so theoretically if you verify the spectre install um what i hope for in the future is and I've talked to Ben about this and Maritz about this is this idea that is what BISC does is once you have BISC installed, it PGP verifies all future installs for you. 
So if you, if you get that first install, right, you're good to go in the future. And that verification step is the step that scares the shit out of most people. This, this idea that you, why do we PGP verify? We verify so that we know that at least uh, we're trusting that the develop that nothing changed between the developer and us getting the software. Um, that is a very important step to do. It's very, it's, it's more accessible than people realize. It's easier to do than people realize. They should learn how to do it. Uh, Bitcoin Q&A, big friend of the pod, has, has a great guide on it. I think it's bitcoiner.guide slash verify software. Um, there is a link to it in my cold card guide. But regardless, my point is once you verify the software, you should never have to verify it again. It should just automatically verify itself going forward. Um, and, and including Bitcoin Core in that process just streamlines the whole fucking thing. We want, we want best practices to be the default as much as possible. Matt, you're being, uh, your reputation's being called out in the, in the chat. You're being called Fed Odell. I know, right? <laughs> look, look, don't go to a conference if you want your privacy, freaks. <laughs> privacy advocate, Matt Odell. Look, I, look I'm, I never called myself an expert. I'm not an expert. I think privacy is important, but I also think you shouldn't be a little bitch and you should have a good time with Bitcoiners. Okay. And, uh, these conferences are fucking fun. They're fucking fun. And that's the trade-off. The trade-off is privacy for fun. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Life comes with trade-offs. Are you willing to take the risk? And on that note, you, uh, on the PGP note, you PGB signed the fact that we were launching this at 3 PM today, but to prove it wasn't an April fool's joke, but how does that prove it's not an April fool's joke? really doesn't right uh what your pgp message in response yeah i mean to i like... could be an asshole right but i just thought it was funny because it 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 lined up with our fake news like uh our fake news discussion i think last week with nfts just this idea of digital signatures right um at least you know that if it isn't at 3 p.m i fucking lied to you it was me who lied to you that's i like that okay right this is the cold card update I was thinking of. Um, not a hack, but they had a vulnerability that was self-discovered. So they have a new firmware version 4.0.1. Or is it 0.01? 4.0.1. Yeah, you messed and it up. And you're in the only show vulnerable notes. if you had already upgraded to 4.0.0. If you're, which was their big upgrade. Yeah. If it's not then you're not vulnerable. I have no idea what this vulnerability is. NVK wouldn't tell me what it was um, for the sake of the users because he's afraid I was going to steal all your Bitcoin. Um, but uh, yeah, upgrade. If, if you've upgraded to 4.0.0, upgrade to it. I'm sure he'll, he'll tell us what it is in like six months after everyone upgrades. All right. Yeah, just make but sure you're, you're not under 4.0.0. You're not vulnerable to it. Yeah, just make sure and you're not on 4.0.0. Yeah, and, and I have a I actually have one piece of knowledge that if you did follow my guide, you're not vulnerable to it. But I, I'm not allowed to I'm not allowed to say what that piece of knowledge is. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think. Don't fucking try and dissect my statement. Just <sighs> if you followed if you followed both, if you followed the original YouTube guide with Wasabi. Or if you follow the recent text guide with Spectre plus Core, you're not vulnerable to it. 
The boy Matt I'm not Odell. Allowed to say why. I'm not the boy to Matt say Odell why. always looking out for you, Freeze. Don't say he never did nothing for you. Okay. Don't say he never did nothing for you. Moving on. Best version 1.6.1 has been released. Running Bisk made one update to that. Big BTC pay server version 1.0.7.1. Wait, that Bisk update was big. You're supposed to stop me before I get on to the next one. Okay. What, what, it brought down the minimum to 100,000 sats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty big. Massive. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. I agree. 100K sats now is like 50 bucks. 60 bucks is nothing. Ooh, and, and if you're paying attention to the screen right now, the best discount is something you might want to take advantage of. Let's open up a Guinness. Going to drink a Guinness as we head into Easter weekend here. Uh, BDC Pay Server version 1.0.7.1 has been released. And this comes with a patch of a bug that was disclosed by Tesla. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about Tesla over the last couple of months. They put Bitcoin on their Bitcoin, excuse me, on their treasury. They announced that they were going to accept Bitcoin as payment for Teslas. And they announced that they actually built their own payment processor in-house. And this week we found out that they uh, helped disclose and patch a bug of the BTC Pay server software. Uh which is beautiful on two fronts. One, it leads us to believe that they probably fork BTC Pay server and are using it as their internal payment processor. Number two, they feel so compelled to contribute back to, to the project, which is an incredible thing to see. and highlights one of the beauties of free and open source software and the network effects that come when you get Bitcoin ingrained more and more of, of our society. We still don't know if they're using BTC Pay Server, which is pretty fucking cool. Right. Um, but we do know they contributed to one of the most important FOSS projects in Bitcoin. And as a Bitcoin cultist, one of the most important FOSS projects in the world. Um, so so that's fucking dope. That is that is the power of free open source software. Um, cheers to Tesla for for responsibly disclosing the vulnerability they found. And if you use BTC Pay Server, upgrade ASAP. Yeah, it was a mess up on their Docker implementation, correct? wasn't even necessarily. I'm not sure exactly, to be honest. It, it doesn't matter. Supposedly, it's pretty critical, whatever it is. I They didn't really disclose it fully. Okay. Um, they don't even, in the change log, they don't mention the specific changes uh, that the disclosure involved. They just mentioned that it was responsibly, something was responsibly disclosed by a Tesla engineer and they patched it and they're grateful. And, and so we don't know if Tesla's using BTC pay code. It's probably likely they are, but we don't know for sure. It's, it's an amalgamation if they are, though it's not just straight BTC pay server code. And we don't know what specifically the vulnerability is. Yeah. Yet we will eventually, presumably. All right, so go update your BTC Pay servers. But again, on that note, stick on that note. Like this highlights part of the beautiful feedback loop of Bitcoin, right? Like it becomes an integral asset on a company's balance sheet, becomes an integral part of their financial infrastructure, and just the natural incentives of this open source project are such. If you're going to adopt it and leverage it and use it for your business, you're going to make sure that. It works and it works well and that it works for what you need it to do. 
And so you're going to be dedicating engineering resources to, to make sure that it does all those things. And as you get the Teslas of the world and the squares of the world, more and more large companies with extremely talented individuals from an engineering perspective on their team, you sort of pull that talent into the Bitcoin ecosystem. It's, it's incredible, right? Yeah, I mean, I would argue it goes even farther than, right? It, it, it goes all the way down to the individual because the individual engineer got props for it, right? And it, it goes on his like permanent record or his resume or whatever. Um, yeah, just, just having a, a solid open source record in an open source world uh, is advantageous for the for a developer who's trying to move up. Yeah. So shout out to Tesla. That was that was low key one of my favorite stories of the week. Sphinx Relay version two point zero point seven has been released. Sorry for cutting you off there, Matthew. Uh, as I said earlier, freaks in the tribe have been uh, highlighting how how much performance has improved since downloading the latest version. So if you're running Sphinx Relay um, with your node, go download that. Sea Lightning version 0.10.0 has been released. This sounds like a major release. Um, I'm nothing. This is a major release consolidating a number of features, fixes, and experimental extensions. I'm done reading release they, notes. They have a very technical release notes. I, yeah. I don't I don't use Sea Lightning. I res, I I love I love that they've you know moved that project forward. I hope that L and D isn't the you know, isn't a completely dominant implementation. Uh, I hope that we have competition and diversity, uh, but I do not use C Lightning, so I cannot um, add anything here. Okay. All right. I got nothing to add either. My node version 0.2.29 has been released. Umbrel version 0.3.8. Zeus version 0.5.1 has been released join box version 0.3.4 wasabi version 1.1.12.7 has been released <laughs> a lot of points in there uh and then hwi version 2.0.1 has been released and they fixed the treasure t on device passphrase entry fucking there. treasure just breaks everything over, yeah. over and over again i'm sure andrew chow loves the people over at treasure Uh, shout out to Derek in the comments. I don't give a fuck. 1.4.7.8.958 is released. <laughs> well, Eric, Derek, maybe, maybe you don't give a fuck, but other people give a fuck. Derek, so sit I think down. it's important that we cover all the important open source developments that happen over the week while people pretend that nothing happens in Bitcoin land. Um, it might be more common that people cover software releases now, but, uh, before rabbit hole recap, few were, were covering software releases in Bitcoin, if anybody. I don't know if anybody was, but I'm not going to pretend um, to be the absolute verdict on that. But I, I think we led the fucking way on that shit. Yeah. Get him, Marty Zal. Fuck off, Derek. The uh... <laughs> Love you, Derek. Sorry. <laughs> Rodolfo. Rodolfo gave us some props over the weekend. He said he wished like the CoinDesk and the, the block cryptos of the world would, would highlight I mean, software updates like this. 
I've been consulting for Bitcoin Magazine, and it's not a coincidence that they have been covering these things. Oh, oh. let's make a publication that actually is for Bitcoiners by Bitcoiners. That'd right. be great. Thank you for your hard work behind the scenes. Speaking of hard work, it's got to be hard work being a spook. Chain analysis blockchain forensic startup raises $100 million at a $2 billion valuation. Uh, the snoopers of the Bitcoin chain are valued at $2 billion. Their services, they're providing it, they're thrusting it on exchanges, a lot of exchanges. Dude, $2 billion valuation for chain analysis. Can we make that zero? Can we, can we, oh, I'm hoping Jason Kalakanakis is an investor in chain analysis and they just all lose all their money. Um, I hope, I hope every Bitcoin hater is an investor in chain analysis. Unfortunately, I assume that a lot of Bitcoin lovers are investors and they've just resigned themselves to the cuck mentality that is everyone's going to get chain surveilled and it's a fantastic business to be in. Um, but like what kind of, what kind of world are we leaving for our children when we say that chain analysis has a $2 billion valuation? Who are you? Uh, what are you, wh what is your view of the future that you think that is a reasonable valuation and let's fucking destroy it. Let's fucking make it zero. What, what are we doing here? Freaks? What are we doing here? They're literally trying to de-anonymize the chain. To save us from terrorists and drug dealers. Oh, chain analysis needs to save us from the terrorists and drug dealers. Fuck off. Fuck off. What else was I? I had something else to say. To get, you know, $2 billion is a lot of money. That's crazy. They raised $100 million at a $2 billion valuation. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That's not just like... A, oh, some, Sometimes I remember what I was going to say, too. Yeah, go on. They go to exchanges like, hey, you need us to be compliant. And I talk to the guys at Unchain all the time. They're like, it's not true at all. They don't need that. They don't need this shit. Yeah, me, me pronouncing Jason's last name incorrectly is a feature, not a bug for the freaks in the live chat. Just to let you guys know. Jason Calacuckness? <laughs> Supposedly, <laughs> I pronounced like Galifianakis. Wait, so was Calacuckness... Was he was he on the round? Um, I I have no idea if he was on. I'm hoping he was on the round, and I hope we bankrupt them. Is my point. Um, and also shout out to sixty one hundred two Bitcoin. Um, he did a horrible, a, a, like really a, a poor April Fool's joke today with all the other poor April Fool's jokes. I I just don't really like April Fools, so I'm a little bit biased about joining Elliptic, uh, another chain surveillance company. Uh, and Elliptic uh, <laughs> liked, his, liked his tweet, uh, which I just have to say, Elliptic oh, is, is, why is said, the, please don't dox me. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are the most. No, no, that was for something else. No one should ever dox anyone. Dox Somebody trying to dox him? Yeah, it's fucked up. It's, that's fucked up. Like if you disagree with someone, you try and dox someone, you can go fuck yourself. Um, but I was just going to say something positive about Elliptic, the chain surveillance company. Uh is they're they're more self-aware they realize they're the bad guys you know they realize they're the baddies uh chain analysis like they they think they're the good guys and they can go fuck themselves they they, they both can go fuck themselves but at least one self-aware yeah yeah what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing what are you doing we're gonna skip down the list 
Or do we have to? Yeah, we're gonna skip down the list a few. We're gonna go straight to the the largest hack. Would you skip? I'm going to Moby Quick, dude. Oh, but we're gonna go back. Yeah, we're gonna go back up. Okay, yeah, the Moby Quick shit was fucked up. Right. Hundred million KYC hack ever. Period. It's disgusting, and we've been saying this time and time again. Again, we love being right here, but not in these instances where being right means that. If people had their personal information leaked to the internet and the dark web and all that bullshit, but largest KYC leak ever is Moby Quick. Uh, oh, you had the tour link. Um, addresses, physical addresses. I, don't know. I put the tour link to the actual database link. Oh, uh, I'm not going in there. Uh, why not? I don't want to see. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see where these Indian people live. I mean, look, that's the source. That's the source. That that it, it is what it is. Um, a fucking fucking 140 million people exposed is that's half of the U.S. population. Uh, this is one of the most popular applications in India. Um, this is a country that has been very against financial privacy. It's a country that has been very against Bitcoin. Um, and this is a perfect example of the risk you put your citizens at from foreign actors, as well as domestic actors. Um, if you make them provide intimate personal information to companies to interact with them. Yeah, and these chain analysis companies are trying to get as much information on this stuff from the exchanges and then give it to authorities on you. And that'll be stored in shitty databases and, like again, this is the point. The KYC AML does more harm than good. Like it is objectively true. The amount of funds that have been laundered that have been prevented from being laundered from KYC AML compliance laws being followed by these third parties is 0.1%. It's 10 basis points of all the laundered money that's ever been that's been laundered since these uh, compliance regulations been put in place. It is wholly, completely ineffective, and it makes people vulnerable. And again, I, I don't think you had this on the list, but the River, the River team sent uh, another letter to FinCEN commenting on their intention to uh, lower the limit of reporting from exchanges to, to the Treasury about how much Bitcoin is being moved by uh, their users. And I think they made a great point. Like it is extremely dangerous, especially considering the nature of Bitcoin and the public ledger to collect this data and store it in a database that is likely to be insecure. Like you, like the threshold right at, at the, the price at which River wrote their letter to FinCEN for the dollar threshold was like 0.17 Bitcoin. So like, like $10,000 threshold right now it's, 0.17 Bitcoin that could turn into millions of dollars within the next five years. And if that individual moves that, that Bitcoin from River, from Cash App, from, well, you're not going to be able to do a Cash App because the limits are too small, but <laughs> like any other exchange moves it to personal storage. That was pretty bad. And holds it there. And that database gets leaked. It's literally a honeypot of, hey, Marty Bent 
owns 0.2 Bitcoin, which is worth millions of dollars, and he lives at this address. And guess what? He has a wife and kids. He has a podcast where he talks publicly about Bitcoin and how he custodies his Bitcoin. Like, here, go fucking beat him up with a wrench and take his Bitcoin. It's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, KYC in general is fucking the illicit activity. It it it, it is it is what it it is what puts everyone at risk. Um and it's 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 going to take our society a while before they realize how bad it is. What? Um why a while? It, it it people need to get burned. People are going to get burned slow and steady. More and more information is going to get posted on the internet and it's, they're just going to get fucking wrecked. And as they get wrecked and as they get burned, they're going to fucking learn that the, the solution is we don't fucking share this information with trusted third parties. Like you shouldn't have to trust super intimate personal financial information um, in personal order to conduct, in order to conduct regular, you know, regular business or regular life activities like that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous expectation it's evil it's projection it's like again wholly ineffective like you can prove this with data it does nothing to actually stop the perpetrators of these crimes that they're putting these compliance regulations on businesses and individuals to comply with like it doesn't even stop the fucking crime it's it's like a perfect example of just how ass backwards things are in our world right now you have these central authorities trying to micromanage these very complex systems they can't micromanage them they can't contain the data that they're collecting like imagine how much data they're collecting especially as we head into the digital age like 100 million people you have name first name last name middle initial phone number social security number whatever it's called in india email address home address blah 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 blah. india they actually have like a national id system too which is super fucked up yeah that's like how many how many pieces of data for each individual multiply that 140 million individuals in this particular case. And like they there there is a generalist argument for KYC in a traditional finance world because it's so fraud prone. They have so much fraud in traditional finance that they need to know who the person is that they can hit with lawsuits and shit and criminal accusations after the fact. But with Bitcoin, because it's a push system, we don't have that issue. Like, with, because Bitcoin is a push system, you're either paid or you're not fucking paid. Uh, so you should develop your systems along those lines. You don't need fucking KYC. The KYC is a a, a vestige of this of this horrible traditional finance system that's just inefficient, um, mixed in with this fact that that people in control want control and they they want that control forever. Um, so I mean, like, like there is there is literally no leg to stand on for people that think that 
that this this super intimate personal information needs to be shared with people period fuck these people man and they want to do it more Fatif wants to do more fincen wants to do more they want to take more of your data they want to lower the limits at which they can collect your data it's disgusting fuck these people they're evil legitimate evil like they're literally it seems like they just get joy in pushing the ball forward with the stuff ah we're gonna lower the limits take more data we're gonna collect more more types of data we're gonna we're gonna make it stricter and lower the limits from which you can actually send to personal custody you know what maybe we're gonna try and ban personal custody it's i don't think like there's any argument to be made anymore that they're actually trying to do this to protect consumers or individuals I think it's them seeing how far they can push people's buttons and how they can push the issue and how much control they can have over everybody. I think they get like a sadistic, like rush of like horniness from this stuff. This is what gets them going is their control over all the individuals in the world by forcing these evil regulations on individuals. It has nothing to do with actual protection, but more with sadistic, sort of self horniness from these people. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we have to explain to the freaks why KYC is evil. I think the majority of the freaks agree. They are demons. They're demons. They are demons. We're in a, we're in a battle of good and evil. These people are evil. They are demons. Marty, are you, are you narrowing a nuanced topic down to black and white? No, I don't think so. We just jumped into the nuance. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I don't think the majority of people that support it are demons, but, uh, I, I do, I do think that, uh, no, they're demons. I, I, I think it's a, it's a very user hostile policy. It's a citizen hostile policy period. Yeah. Yeah. Hamish pipe down over there. Okay. Hamish they're not trying to dope. do any good. Hamish is dope. What do we got next? We got to go back up the list. I don't know. You only have the list. I don't have the list. I have Canada. Again, Canada's increasing KYC identity verification guidance. Like here it is. And they're they're lowering the limits to what? Thousand dollars. Right? Uh if you're a Canadian, yeah, I mean, you're completely cucked. Yeah, they made it super strict. And they're gonna make it more super strict. And every country's gonna make it super strict, period. So this goes into get worse June and worse 1st. and worse and worse. They're going to slowly fucking squeeze everybody. So Canada's in a weird situation right now. Things are getting very Orwellian. They're printing a lot of money. They're putting people in hotels to quarantine them. So the Financial Transactions Reports Analysis Center of Canada, FinTrack, that's what they call it up there. That's their alphabet soup name. Uh, put out new know your customer guidance uh, for virtual asset service providers, also known as VASP and money service businesses um, for money laundering terms and ter terrorist financing. So according to the guidance, VASP must verify the identity of a customer in the following situations if it has not done so previously and kept the associated records. So again, saying, hey, you got to keep these records in your database. 
receiving $10,000 worth or more in virtual currency in a 24-hour period, transmitting $1,000 or more in funds. So receiving more than 10,000 in a 24-hour period. If you do that, they have to send your information to a database held by the Canadian government. If you send more than 1,000, same thing. Foreign currency exchange transactions of $3,000 or more, um, transferring, that's the same thing as transmitting, I would imagine. Exchanging $1,000 worth or more in virtual currency. Uh, This includes fiat to crypto and crypto to crypto. Remitting virtual currency to a beneficiary in the amount equivalent to $1,000 or more. Yes, they're basically making it hard to send any, any amount of Bitcoin over a thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, not your keys, not your coins, and and every every single every single government in the world is going to make the KYC AML shit more restrictive, and and this is a perfect example, and it's happening in Canada right now. Yeah, shout out to our Canadian freaks. Stay strong. Just get that loser Trudeau out. Dude sucks. It's Fidel Castro's son. He's got brown nipples, dude. It's Fidel Castro's son. Have you seen the brown nip pics? <laughs> Marty you seen the likeness? Marty sees the faces I'm making at him. I, I don't fucking know, man. I have no idea here. I'm I, I've not paid attention to his nipples color. He doesn't look like they don't look like Canadian nipples. But uh, but it seems like shit is not going well in Canada right now. So he should improve that at least. That's as far as I'm gonna go with uh, with with their politics. What do we have next on the list? <laughs> Beware the brown nipples, freaks. Uh, the paper from our good friends, or one good friend I know personally, uh, Gleb Nelmenko, Alex Beridov, and Sergey. Tikamarov, butcher those names. I'm sorry, Alex and Sergey. But they basically did a Lightning Network probing a parallel channels attack test. Um, and I, I think they found some vulnerabilities and um, have, have put forward some solutions. Wait, they've made the fucking Lightning Network their bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you're being a very, you're being very easy on it. Uh, and I, I just want to be clear, like a lot of this shit is over my pay grade. Um, but Gleb, Gleb is fucking, he's a New York City Bitcoiner. He's like, yeah, we know him. Uh, so I, 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 don't, I don't think this is off base uh, claims, but, I, but I, it's, it, is, it is very much over my pay grade. Yeah, I mean, Gleb's one of the young guns. Him and Antoine Riard. And basically set up a a company, um, a developer think tank, if you will, to specifically do this type of stuff, right? To to probe the network with attacks and figure out the pain points and how it could be. They fucking wrecked it, though. They, like, destroyed this fucking network. Yeah, so according to their simulations, an attacker can infer up to 80% information regarding channel balances spending uh, in about 20 seconds per channel. The suggested countermeasures limit the attacker's gain at 30% while also increasing the attack time uh, by two to four times. So they focus on channel balance probing. Uh, this is, 
can they steal funds or is it just like a privacy? No, they thing? can't steal funds. Privacy thing. It's a privacy. It's a privacy tax vector, um, and they've reported the uh, the the fixes that they think that makes it significantly more difficult for an attacker to scale this kind of attack. Um, yeah. So props to them. I appreciate them for working on this, um, and it's just like a, a very good example to people to let them know. Um, there are attackers watching. There are people watching the Lightning Network trying to figure out information about us. There is a lot of information to be had. It is an experimental network. Uh, tread with caution um, and 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 just and try and proceed accordingly. Um, but but the, these kind of papers are are super important for us in terms of of trying to strengthen the Lightning Network um, and make it more private and make it more secure. Because ultimately. A privacy vulnerability is a security vulnerability because uh, one one requires the other. Agreed. And we're again, we're lucky to have individuals like Leb, Alex, and Sergey working on this stuff. And like I said earlier in this episode, you're not going to get it all out of the box. It's not going to be perfect out of the box. To expect that is it's just unrealistic, right? It's, it's going to take time. It's going to take building. It's going to take hard work. And luckily for us, there's individuals like the developers who wrote this paper that are putting in the hard work, highlighting pain points. Here's how we could fix it. Let's move on to the next one. Where's the next pain point? How do we fix that? Slowly but surely builds into a robust and resilient system. Beautiful to see. And again, like we said earlier, once you get the, the Teslas and more important companies and individuals, uh, with skin in the game, in the Bitcoin game, in the Lightning Network game, that the the pace of development and um, particularly development to help secure the network increases significantly. So, I mean, the Tesla example is beautiful to see. You, you bring that engineering talent just for simple payment processing and they help discover a a critical bug and patch it within within two months. Right? I mean, when did they get in? Last month or? They get in officially last month or the month before, and they've already patched over a critical bug. Uh, January. January. And it is April. So is two April. months ago. It's April 2nd, right? No, it depends where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know UTC? No one lives in UTC right now. UTC always confuses. Whenever you UTC, throw UTC is usually out London there. time, but then they go to. Daylight like savings. Weird, yeah. They have their own daylight savings. So then UTC right now is in the middle of the Atlantic. But anyway, I digress. Continue. We we have your hard stop coming up. So let's finish this list. We can. You know, the hard stop is because like my in-laws are on their way down. I'm in their bedroom. But you know what? They can wait. I love it. The hard stop just became a soft stop, guys. Let's go, freaks. We're going forever now. What's next? Similar to. BISC, which is trading at a discount right now. GBTC is still trading at discount um, and close to like the the, the highest the highest or lowest discount? The highest uh, percentage discount? There we go. Highest discount, lowest premium? Yeah. Well, it's a negative premium. Dude, it's bad, man. Like what? They, they said they were going to buy a quarter of a billion dollars worth of... Uh, of GBTC and it didn't fucking move it at all. Like, how could they expect it to? 
Like if I was Barry, I would just like wind down the fun. I mean, you should at least bring it up to par. Oh, yeah. Kenny, that's the question. He can do it himself. I mean, why not wind up? Like, how do you not see the writing on the wall? Like all these products that are vastly superior to the products that I'm providing are coming to market. You got your two and 20. You printed, you printed cash for years, Barry. I think you just gotta, you just gotta unwind this one if you can. So, so we have full-time FTB, full-time Bitcoin in the comments. He's saying it's right now it's eight and a half percent right now. It was 15%. If you look at the chart, it looks like it's trending down. Um, one thing I might say is maybe, uh, you know, BlockFi is trying to launch a competitor to GBTC. So maybe Barry thinks he can play games and fuck with them and, and not tank the price of Bitcoin, which I would agree with him. Like, honestly, I don't think Bitcoin will be affected at all if BlockFi died or if GBTC died. If any of these regulated companies, like the, the lie that they want to tell you Bitcoiners is that any of these compliance bros are controlling the market, okay? The humble sat stackers are controlling this fucking market. What we say fucking goes, okay? And as long as we keep fucking stacking and fucking securing it ourselves, holding our own fucking keys, using our own fucking node, they fucking can't do shit. And we can fucking run this fucking price up to the fucking moon. And then there's no stopping us. So so if 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 these guys want to pretend like they, they have control, they can fucking do that. And maybe between them, they think that they can fuck around with each other. But if I was in BlockFi right now, knowing about this fucking trade and how hard they went on this trade and the fact that it's still negative today, the whole month of March, it's been negative. Like that's scary shit, you know? And ultimately... You know, people can say I'm fudding. People can say I'm creating fear, uncertainty, and doubt among BlockFi users. As far as I'm concerned, if someone has custody of your Bitcoin, you should always feel fear, uncertainty, and doubt, regardless of what the situation is. Because you're a little bitch who wasn't able to take full responsibility of your finances. You, should, you never know what's going to fucking happen, You should man. be doubtful of your ability to, to provide. No, like, regardless, like, outside of BlockFi and their exposure and involvement in GBTC. Like, again, like reiterate what I just said. Like, I don't think like it's going to be competitive. Like why not just wind it down? Like you had a good run. They make so much money off of GBTC. The thing just prints money. But it's it, not, it has printed money up to this it's point. Still it's still printing money at a negative. Premium, well, yeah, right? you're getting your management fees, but. The management fee is where they print their money. He's still getting his 2%. He gets the 2% regardless of what the discount is. Yeah. Guys still, like, fucking, they're making so much money. I'm trying to think it through here. What's to think through? Like, GBT should get, trade like, is that two, is that two? They were getting that 20%, right? They were getting 2% of a 20% premium as well. Yeah. They were getting both. They were getting their their 2% was coming out of a premium. So they were getting the benefit of both. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe. So, but like, yeah, the, the end is there goal, an argument to be made that they're not following their fiduciary responsibility? No, the end goal is they're trying to just get to an ETF. Yeah. Obviously, they have like ETF 
like 17 ETF positions on their job board right now. So they're not really hiding that. I don't think anything they've done so far breaks their fiduciary responsibility. I don't think they have any fiduciary responsibility to block five customers who are, yeah, who are trying to arb their premium and got caught. I don't think so either. And I don't, I don't think BlockFi's, you know, whatever their raise was, changes the game at all in this respect. And I, and, and I understand that people can say I'm fucking fudding. Eh, whatever. I don't fucking give a shit. Not your keys, not your coins. If there's no issue, then there's no issue. Withdraw, hold your own keys, wait to see that there's no issue. If there's an issue, then they'll be pissed off at me for saying that. If there's no issue, then there should be no problem with you just requesting to withdraw your coins just holding them in your own custody and waiting to see how this fucking plays out. Godspeed. Godspeed. I'm happy I don't have that that stress to deal with. This is extremely cool to see. BTC transcripts. Wow. BTCtranscripts.com. Just a collection of transcripts from uh, events in Bitcoin conferences of bitcoin obviously if any of you know like the most prolific transcriptor in the bitcoin space is brian bishop uh i think a lot of this is his work but there's others who have contributed as well i believe michael fulkerson um a bunch of others and if so if you're a a visual learner and you like to read and you want to go back through bitcoin archaeology uh and just things that have gone on throughout bitcoin's history that have been transcribed by people um, there's a website out now, btctranscripts.com. It's really cool. Uh, they're on they're on GitHub if you want to submit uh, transcripts yourself. So. Yeah, it's community man- maintained. I don't know how anybody could try transcribe any of this stuff, especially live. Well, you know, a lot of the transcripts are for recorded content, though, Marty. Yeah, well, well, I'm thinking of Brian Bishop. Like he does it live in person. I know. Yeah, that's super impressive. But like shout out like all the freaks like they're looking for translations and stuff like if you can provide transcripts for recorded content um, in in your local language that's a massive benefit to the project so um, go check that out yeah yeah go check it out I think I think Mike Schmini might put this together so I think he did I'm seeing the maintainers, the contributors on the space. So, oh, it was Adam Jonas. Adam Jonas. Oh, it was Jonas. Michael Fulkelson, uh, Arik Sossman, Duncan Dean, and Carly Crisco. Thank you. Thank you to you guys for putting this together. It's an incredible resource. Adam Jonas, I miss you, bro. New York Bitcoiner, let's fucking go. This monk can... This monk, I can't speak. I get two ciders and half a Guinness deep, and I can't fucking speak, freaks. It's been a long day. This month in Bitcoin privacy by our good friend Janine is out, March 2021. Um, so if you're interested in this month in Bitcoin privacy, Janine has been putting together the top stories as they relate to Bitcoin and privacy in her mind um, for, for many months now, I think over a year at this point. Um, this week, it's seven stories. FATF uh, is on there, Join Market Privacy Bug Fix, uh, qu- Quick and Discreet, Lightnings and DLCs, uh, a lot of information on there. Go check it out. We have the link in the show notes. And speaking of DLCs, our good friends at Short Pits, particularly Nadav Cohen, 
who entered in a bet with our boy Ben the car man um, a price bet particularly using multi oracles uh, one being Pierre Richard the other being Bitfinex and the third being who's the third Matt you gotta pull pull the blog up now I don't know dude it's it, you're you're the one looking at it I think you you're supposed to remember this from memory I remembered Pierre I think it might have been Kraken let's see the nope, key nope. aspect is that you can use DLCs in a way where you have to check multiple oracles. And if it oh, sure falls bets. outside of the yeah. range, if it falls outside of the range, then it, it fails. Yeah. So you basically, if you engage in a discrete long log contract for any of you freaks who are not well versed in what that is, it's basically a smart contract in which you engage with a counterparty. So if Matt and I wanted to bet on the price of Bitcoin next RHR, beginning of next RHR, um, we would pick oracles. So back up a little bit, like, uh, the, like the, the DLC implementation has been revolving around single oracles where you pick one Oracle, like say we bet on the price of Bitcoin we say, Hey, we want to take what, a bit, bit Phoenix price at the start of our, what's HR. an Oracle Marty? An Oracle is, is somebody who serves you data to basically say what the, what happened to the particular event, right? So what is the price of Bitcoin or who won the baseball game? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the problem with that is you don't want one Oracle that could potentially feed you bad data. You want to have redundancy there um, and, and make sure that you're actually getting good data. And as you're engaging in these discrete log contracts that automatically release sats to the winner when the transaction is signed, uh, you want to make sure that the winner is actually winning and the data is actually true. And one way to make sure that is true is to pick multiple oracles uh, and make sure that they're, uh, you basically distribute and reduce risk that way because it's harder to, to hack multiple oracles than it is one. So one big worry with these setups, if you're doing a single oracle is, hey, what if that oracle's hacked and they feed you bad data and, and somebody knows what bet you're engaged in and they they intentionally hack that oracle. Or a better sure. example is a better example is the election where you have people who disagree on the outcome. <laughs> right, that's a good that's a good point. You want right? to have multiple oracles. It's a, it's it's it, you you almost there's no situations where you want to have a single oracle really. Uh, mm -hmm. In general, you want to have multiple oracles. Uh, this is called the oracle problem. This idea that how do we connect the real world with Bitcoin. Um, there's been many shitcoin schemes that have been designed to try and incentivize to a solution to this Oracle problem. Um, this so-called Oracle problem, this idea that like, how do you know what the truth is? But really a very simple, clean solution is that you just have multiple people, multiple organizations and people uh, be those oracles and you need to have a overwhelming majority of them to to settle any kind of dispute um, and and you and and you have a reputation system built into that as well hopefully uh, to rate those oracles appropriately like how do they how do they respond to any kind of situation you don't have to solve this idea you just need to have like a very straightforward way of handling it yeah yeah again you distribute risk among yeah, and I think it's like 
a beautiful thing, especially when you compare it to God, what was the uh the prediction market coin on Ethereum that Augur? Like, Augur, yeah. They like attempted to say they solved the Oracle problem. They didn't. Like the Oracle problem, I don't think it's ever gonna be solved by a blockchain. Does Chainlink solve the Oracle problem? No, I mean none of these guys. That's what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. The, the simple solution is you have multiple trusted parties and you kind of create a reputation system around them and you build that whole system in a way that you don't expect any individual participant to be trustworthy. Yeah. And the beauty of DLCs too is that the oracles don't know that you're actually using their data to attest to your discrete log contract. So they can't know that you're Enter, like, let's say Matt and I bet like 100 Bitcoin on the price of Bitcoin next week. Um, arguably, Matt could go to one of the or like, never mind, that's a bad example. But the Oracle can't see that we're in a 100 Bitcoin bet unless one of us goes to the Oracle and tells them. Um, so that it sort of reduces the incentive for the Oracle to try to cheat um, when they're feeding data, right? They don't even know that their data is being used to attest particular DLCs, which is, uh, which is really cool. And so short bits came out the blog, the multi Oracle DLC deep dive and Nadav, who's an extremely intelligent individual and a great developer. I've had him on the podcast before Chris Stewart, actually the last live podcast before, before COVID happened. Um, he basically describes how, how this Oracle setup works. You pick an Oracle, uh, you, you basically have, this is Oracle number one, number two, number three. We're going to try number one first. If the data falls outside of a standard deviation from the others, we'll go to the second one and blah, 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 blah. And if all three of them fuck up, then you just don't, you don't follow through with the DLC. So there's fail saves there as well. Um, we're going to link to this, read it in the show notes. And that was it for the list, Matt. How do we do? I think we did... Uh... I mean, I don't even, I, we did horribly. We, we've done better in the past. We aim to please freaks. We aim to please. I, I Horribly. <laughs> I'm just trying to be critical of ourselves. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Ministry of Nodes. Um, if you have any issues uh, with your current setup and you're trying to be self-sovereign, trying to use your own node, you're trying to hold your own keys, um, consider reaching out to our friends over at Ministry of Nodes. Um, Katan is fucking killing it over in Australia. I spoke to him earlier today. Um, they work on the value for value model. So uh, if you think they provide you value, I expect you to give them a substantial um, compensation for, for that value. Uh, but uh, they, they, will, they will hold your hand and they will help you be sovereign. So consider going over there. Definitely consider it. Check out the Stefan Levera podcast too. I actually caught a bit of the Parker Lewis episode this week. A great one on Bitcoin definancialization um, or how Bitcoin leads to definancialization more, more articulately. Um, putting out great content. Content, content, content. Never I sleep. One more thing. I have one more thing, Marty. Go for it. Moscow time. <laughs> Moscow time right now, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, is <laughs> 1,702 hours. 
Uh, do, do, should we explain to the freaks that might not have been aware on, on Bitcoin Twitter? What, what yeah, we're this talking was, about? I mean, I think your tweet was dunk of the century. So Which Jack one? Jack Dorsey, disclaimer, yeah. Square, company CEO, sponsor of the pod, uh, was pulled in front of a Senate hearing committee. Senate committee hearing. Wow, I can't fucking talk. Uh, and to, to talk about like social media, free speech and all that shit. And he did it from his kitchen with a block clock in the background. And the blue checks were very confused, very confused. What the hell is this clock? What's going on? And one in particular, I forget his name. Uh, he basically surmised. He was like, wow, what was it, like 1592? Is the sats per dollar? Nineteen fifty-two. Nineteen fifty-two was the sats per dollar at that point. That was a stat on Jack's block clock, and one blue check mark was like, "Whoa, that's the time in Moscow right now." Jack in, is at like seven fifty-two p.m. Yeah, right. Jack is coordinating with the Russians. He's a stooge. Like this is this is massive. We're, we're making a breakthrough here. He's pushing it in our faces, like not knowing what a block. I clock think this was. is this literally happened while we were recording RHR last week because I came out of RHR drunk and I went onto Twitter and I saw this blue checks take and then I responded in all caps, LMAO, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> nailed it, dude fucking hilarious right like they hate us they hate us so much why do they hate bitcoiners so much what the fuck man like again it goes back to envy it's something cool that a lot of these people think they're going to fix the world they don't realize it's not going to be them it's going to be bitcoin it's not going to be us but this guy didn't realize he didn't even hate us he had no idea that was the hilarious part just to be clear but they do all hate us unfortunately the blue checks are all short bitcoin so they're going to have to deal with it. Well, they want the blue check again, like going into that, like you hopped in, Alex Gladstein hopped in, was like, yo, dude, like I want to make sure that you're like not looking like an idiot. Like here's, it's a block clock. Here's a link to. Oh no, I I just completely fucking tried to ratio him. I, I was not being friendly, but, but Gladstein was being friendly. No, but the point I'm trying to make is like, he just dug in further. He's like, no, you're wrong. It's like, he no, doubled like, down. Yeah. He doubled yeah. down. It's like, no, I actually have one of these at home. And then he tried to like brag about like, he was like, I lost all my money in Gox. It's like, okay, congratulations, bro. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. But like, why didn't you buy back in? Like, what were you doing? What what happened? Yeah. It's going to be an uphill battle. These people hate us, I think. Honestly, I don't know like what Jack was thinking uh publicly broadcasting with a block clock in the background like what a fucking asshole you know like who would do that (laughs) who would ever do that (laughs) no actually it's pretty based he was like liking tweets during the hearing it was so good he he liked my my lmao (laughs) nailed it and then and the guy like tweeted out he's like jack like this i i told you i nailed it Blue checks. He, he had uh, his profile pictures avatar. It's like very similar to the one guy who wanted to vasectomy seven years ago because he was crying in an airport because of all the energy that he was using as he was flying, wound up having kids, and then big hot tub user as well and complains about energy use. 
they have like the exact same shitty hair and and blue shirt set up. There's like a there's some physiognomical physiognomical physiognomy physiognomy keep trying physiognomy 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 we're gonna end it there freaks <laughs> i love you all uh honestly guys like under 60k is going to be a flash in the pan i know you guys think it's uh I know you guys think it's been a while, but it hasn't been. And I hope I hope that our humble stat stackers um, have taken advantage of this because I know I sure as hell have been less than humble and just gone balls to the wall in this range. Um, Bitcoin is something else, guys. And uh, I, I love being a part of this with all of y'all. And uh, stay humble, stack sets. Love all y'all too. Keep stacking. God, we love you guys. Keep fighting. Draw the line in the stand. If you're a strong man or a strong woman out there, stand up. It's time. It's time. We need the strong men and women to stand up and speak their mind. Speak your mind. You shouldn't be afraid to speak your mind. You shouldn't be afraid to put these ideas out there. And don't let them cattle herd you into a false framing of a black and white. Pick this side or that side. There's more nuance to the world. And I'll admit, Maybe the fat of people aren't all demons. There may be one or two in there, though. Can I end it with a shout-out again? Yes, sir. I mean, Phil, we already played the shout-out. What's up, Freaks? It's David here at the uh, Houston Bitcoin Meetup. Uh, big thanks to Owls Across. Send me $50 Jeff more dollars for the sats, uh, Happy to be the, the first audio shout-out on TFTC. I'll pass the phone around to a few people and let them say something. What's going on, everybody? This is Scotty. What the hell is next, pub, mate? What a freaks. It's Phil Gibson. Have fun seeing poor. And maybe get a sad fundraise so we can send Marty to uh, speech therapy. What a freaks. This is uh, Ben the car man. I don't know what to say. Think about this, but uh, go buy some Bitcoin. What's up, freaks? It's Al's lacrosse. Bent, we expect to see you here soon. You're always a crappy lacrosse player, but we're proud of you for all all your uh, oil field mining, making sure that the oceans don't boil like that bastard Nick Carter wants to do to everybody. I've been, like, listening All right, guys. Thanks. Peace and love, freaks. Tiki!